This episode of Potosaurus has a lot of spoilers for Elden Ring, just so you know. That just clap at the right time. Just, just say hello, Timber. Hello, everyone. This is Timber, and welcome to the Potosaurus. I am your host for the session, Timber Taft, alongside Ken and Kyo. How are you all doing? That's hello, this is Timber Taft. Welcome to the Potosaurus. This is your host, Timber Taft. <laughs> Timber, I hate you. Uh, <laughs> i'm sorry yeah so this is this is the podcast um so, so first of all, all how was your cat emergency by the way uh well uh i don't know if you want to include this in the podcast or not but uh he was euthanized that oh, week sorry oh. to hear i'm sorry to hear yeah you really want to start it off that way ken <laughs> well, I'm trying realize... to recollect why he wasn't on the I... episode a month ago, and yeah, I was like, yeah. he had a cat emergency, and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I should ask him about that. Yeah, no, you're you're fine. I totally forgot that you didn't actually ever hear what the the end of that was. Um, so I am that was my assumption. That. What was going to happen when you when yeah. you said it? And you're like, yeah, it sounds like that. <laughs> uh. Yeah, at the time we didn't know that that's what was gonna happen. Like it was, he was just sick, and we were gonna take him in for some blood samples, and it wasn't it wasn't good. So, how old was the cat? Uh, seven. Oh, that's not very old. No, he had uh, cat leukemia, and mm. uh, he was he had basically lived with it for five years when his expected life expectancy was two. Mm. So, um, he really outlived it, but it finally caught up to him. Well, at least he had a longer life than anticipated, so that's always nice. Yeah, he did better. It's just one of those things where it's like, you never know, and it was just such such weird timing and happened so very suddenly. I mean, he went from mm. healthy to not healthy in like a week. Um, But other than that, that was one of those things where it's like, that happened, it was a really crap week, and then uh, after that, we... um. I went to uh, Arizona to see the Grand Canyon with my folks. Ooh. You didn't bring, yeah. um, you didn't bring what you call? You didn't but... bring what you call. <laughs> I almost said a real yes, name, that's Ken, why. <laughs> I... <laughs> I definitely brought what you call along with me. Uh, so yeah, uh, Alchemy Fox was with me on the trip as well. Okay, and... you just sounded like you went alone. <laughs> I know. Uh, it... 
I mean, it almost was the case. For some reason, my folks decided to book it with Spirit. So I kind of had to be like, okay, but but we have we have assigned seats, right? You didn't just like, we're not just like shotgun scattered in the plane. <laughs> <laughs> so the answer is they did not, but we did get the, um, we were able to get in there and make the adjustments, which ended up making it cost more than it should have. But hey, that's spirit for you. And then um, the rest of the trip was surprisingly okay. So like actually flying with spirit, if you have a checked bag, is totally fine. Um, I think it really just boils into there's so much nickel and dime that goes on with Spirit that they get a really bad rap. They're not like the world's They're not worst like the thing. other girls. Kyo, is Spirit a thing for you guys? Because this is the first time so I've heard Spirit, of this. So Spirit is the cheapo airline that um, all my friends in California keep saying they're going to fly me to California with whenever I'm like, oh, I want to go somewhere. They're like, you can fly $80 to California and we'll pick you up. I'm like, will I get there? They're like, you will, but your luggage will not. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty accurate. <laughs> Why, Timber, did your uh, luggage not make it there? <laughs> luggage is actually fine. The problem is, um, r- really, it's just, again, the nickel and diming thing. Like, if you do not check in your bag, you do not get a carry-on unless you pay for one. So mm. you go if you go without a check bag and without a carry on, you're going with uh, your personal item, which can't be larger than like a laptop bag. Mm. Um, it's like and- it's really good for people who are like going for like unexpected trips or businessmen who are just like taking a one way thing, maybe home or something like that. Yeah, like it's it's, um, it's not I- it, it's it's budget airlining for a reason. Yeah, it's very budget. You don't get an in-flight movie. You don't get any of this other stuff. Um, I did have a, a library book, uh, a collection of short stories by Philip K. Dick that I decided I would be reading through on each of the flights, which was uh, enlightening. Um, managed to get through Minority Report and a few other known sci-fi stories. Did you, that did were... you get through um, Scanner Darkly? Scanner Darkly is near the end of the book. so unfortunately, I think I have I the exact book you're talking about. <laughs> It's pretty is it good. like is it like black and red, black, red and white binding kind of like it's black, but then like there's like s- stripes on it. This one is just blue and has a lot of bubbles on it, and I really don't know who designed this book cover because it doesn't make sense at all for the subject matter of Philip K. Dick's short collections of stories. But, um, but it, it does have a pretty comprehensive comprehensive collection and. It's interesting how so many of his stories are like, I mean, obviously it's Cold War era, so there's a lot of weirdly war-related things, but Mm -hmm. there's even little pieces, like there's this entire segment about a uh, a kid living in a, uh, like, war-torn society where everyone is trying to buy the best bomb shelter, and his family can't afford it, and he can't wrap his head around the concept of not being able to afford to live <laughs> and it's like wow that sounds that sounds correct for 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 the year in which we live let alone mm-hmm. the 1960s yeah a but, lot of stuff's like that or very heavily influenced by the drugs he was taking at the time yeah oh. or just the, or just the fact that he was like basically psychotic <laughs> Phil yeah. Duke was crazy he had a lot of stuff going on <laughs> Um, 
But yeah, anyway, I I saw the Grand Canyon, which was nice. Um, there was a tour guide there who who took us, and we we were accompanied by this um, and a nice Asian family who immediately decided when we got there to run off to the portion of the Grand Canyon that did not have any like railings or anything, and mm-hmm. just sort of stood on the very edge. And everyone was starting to panic and be like, oh, my God, they're going to die. What's going on? So within, like, two minutes, the tour guide said, it's actually very safe over here. And he, like, walks over there, too. And I sort of, like, followed the tour guide because at the point I was like, well, the tour guide knows what he's talking about, right? He's, Timber, he's they're safe. an Asian family. Maybe they just wanted to kill themselves. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but, no, he was, he was surprisingly chill. Like, the dude basically turned to me um, while he was sitting on on the very precarious edge and he's like you know last time i came here i uh was a kid and i didn't think it would be this majestic and oh i thought um, he, you were to gonna say i was is. contemplating jumping. <laughs> 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 um, but pro- probably my favorite part of the of this part of the story is that after i had taken my pictures and do- done everything on this precarious ledge with with the rest of the tour group we walk back and as we're returning um there's a tour guide from something called the Pink Jeep Tours over there um, who is talking to his group. There's like, yep, I've been in the game long enough that I've uh, I've seen several tour guides go off on that ledge and never come back. So um, I, I don't recommend uh, going out there. It's <laughs> like, oh, I turned to my tour guide. I was like, how long have you been doing this for? I was like, this is my second week. I was like, okay. There we go. All right. Neat. Well, I have some cool pictures and almost died. That's good. Um, <laughs> but and the thing uh, is, if that would have happened, we would have never found out because we also didn't never we always never know if you're leaving and going to be gone a while. So imagine Timber just stops showing up one day and we don't know <laughs> what happened. Just like that jerk never comes to the podcast anymore. Jeez, I gotta do that thing where I start well, googling people's names, wondering like, yeah. whatever happened to them? I wonder if there's an obituary out there because that's just how I think for people that were in high school. Because I'm just like, I remember that guy. Did he die though? And I look and like, I'm like, but then so it's not like I want to find one, but then I get mad. I'm like, well, I can't find one. And obviously, there's no way they're not. There's no way they're still around. So then I just eventually get mad and find. I'm like, oh, they're on Facebook. They're fine. I don't I mean, want them to be dead, but I also just want to be like, damn, I knew it. I knew it. I, I mean, I think I gave you enough hints about what I was doing that you could probably find the extremely sensational news story about, like, a tour group falling off the edge of the Grand Canyon <laughs> pretty easily. Um, I don't think it happens that often that it would be, like, something that people would just be numb to. Like, oh, yeah, people fell in the Grand Canyon again. Big I think deal. You, I think you forget how little they report on deaths at the Grand Canyon. <laughs> I guess, yeah, that's true. There was a book there that was basically like uh, a list of known fatalities in the Grand Canyon, which was like, that is a morbid thing to just have in the tour guide office right next to the Grand Canyon. <laughs> but, uh... It's a deterrent. Yeah. But I did also have fry bread when I was there, which was uh, fantastic. It's basically just elephant ears, but... Uh, I'm never going to say no to just having elephant ears. And uh, we also got to stay in a cabin that was located in the in like the Ponderosa Pines region. So despite going into Arizona expecting Mars-like 
geography and 80 degree weather with cactuses. Instead, it was like 50 degrees with pine trees everywhere and a hot tub. So really, really unusual. I, Arizona was not at all what I was expecting from a state that is so far south and so notoriously dry and hot by most people's accounts. And I think that's largely because no one ever leaves Phoenix when they actually move there. But other pieces of this, I saw Montezuma Castle, which is like another like Native American ruin out there. And I also hit up this place called Jerome. Are you guys familiar? No. It's a ex-ghost mining town. So it used to be a mining town, and then it became a ghost town for probably like 30 years before just a whole bunch of roving artists decided to inhabit said ghost town and convert it into a, uh, I guess, a gentrified utopia. So um, went there. Super, super nice. My dad hated it because it's on the edge of a precarious mountain and he had no idea. So halfway up the uh, the slopes, he started cursing profusely. And when we finally parked, he could no longer stand for two hours. So I felt bad for him, but it was a good trip otherwise. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> I also, I, also, you experienced something over there during that weekend, right? Daylight, the daylight time. Oh yes, yes. The, the <laughs> you experienced the that there was no change in daylight savings. I didn't know. Yeah. So as soon Although, as I the got way that, like there, Ken was, was like, hinting, and it was like it was your first encounter with another man, wasn't it? It had that feeling behind <laughs> it, like and then something else happened. You want to tell? Us and then about something it? else happened. Yes. Yeah, so Ken, um, you'll never believe uh, we went into this this cafe that was just overlooking the side of the mountain it was beautiful and well, i thought you were there... gonna say you know the cafe sold a a parfait that was an elephant that was in the shape of a penis <laughs> uh there was i wouldn't believe that very, honestly <laughs> there's this very very handsome barista there and he sold me the best best banana <laughs> burners with lavender extract in it it was so good <laughs> timber how old are you <laughs> <laughs> uh honestly it was kind of shocking because they said ginger beer right yeah. like the menu was like this is a ginger beer it's basically a mule yeah. and it was Verner's. They pulled out Verner's. I was like, I don't know if I'd call that ginger beer, but also, how do you have this? This doesn't exist outside of the state of Michigan. Um, but apparently, you, you could just, like, buy it at, like, bulk restaurant ingredient stores now. Like, they actually sell Verner's on the West Coast in very specific specialty stores. So, that was uh, just a good I, little extra. I, w- I wouldn't know. Um, but the big thing that I actually <laughs> legitimately experienced before this huge tangent um, was daylight savings time is not a thing in Arizona. I didn't know this until I got there. Um, so the whole time I was acting under the impression that I would be two hours off, then kept looking at the clocks and being like, what the fuck is going on? Why are we three hours off? And did the search online to discover that, yes, Arizona, along with Hawaii, are the only two U.S. states that don't do this. So, um, congratulations. You know, I to, understand, to like, like, like for, for me, I understand why Hawaii doesn't do it. I don't understand why Arizona doesn't do it, because they're smack dab in the middle of the states. <laughs> 
it really is quite random. Um, I bet I can almost guarantee you because Arizona has a lot of elderly people. They probably did it because they didn't want to keep changing the clocks. Because <laughs> they're just forgetful. <laughs> it's just so they don't have to worry about it. It just sounds like something an old person be like, you know what, I just don't want to do that anymore. I'm so tired of changing these damn clocks. And then it's stopped. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I hate changing the clocks. Fuck the youth. Uh, they could just deal with the darkness. Okay? Cool. But yeah, outside of that, um, the 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 trip and the the emergency thing that that, that may or may not be audible in this cast. Uh, everything else has been fine. It has been a fine collection of days where nothing in particular happened. So enough about my boring life. How about yours, Ken? Tell us about your boring life, Ken. <laughs> okay. Because that's oh, how that was phrased. That <laughs> Enough about yeah. my boring life. Tell me about yours. So, Timber, did you listen to last week's episode? <laughs> I haven't had a chance. I probably, in hindsight, I really should have because I had time on the planes to do that. <laughs> but oh, so I guess I'll, I guess I'll get to tell you this of saying my boring life. Uh, so I went to go see a doctor for the first time in like ten years. And because I was yeah. a new admissions to to this uh, medical system, they had to give me a depression and anxiety exam in the beginning. Guess how I did? Fantastic! Did you score a one hundred? Well, I scored pretty freaking high. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> so they got so, oh so. Uh, Continuing on from that, so I went to go see my therapist today, so I had to go see a therapist. Mm-hmm. And they, the therapist was like, yeah, it's very nice that you're, you're like saying all these things and stuff like that. So we're going to give you some antidepressants and <laughs> they gave me like a shitload of drugs for me to like chill the fuck down. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of, I mean, I guess... My first question is, were you going into the doctors with, like, the expectation that that's what you no, were No, I didn't even know that they did like those... A... I didn't even know they did those types of exams beforehand. So they, they were just like, yeah, so I guess you... I guess this is a thing. We're going to give you a therapist, and then the therapist is just like, we're going to drug you up, pal. <laughs> like, that's such a... Like, like pretty much like after, like, like, after, switch. like, the, the hour or so meeting that I had with my therapist, they were like, I see. So there's some things that we can work on, but other things like, like apparently stress is a huge reason why I'm like on edge. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no shit. shit. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I get the impression you're very stressed. Does this sound resonant for you? <laughs> Ma- ma'am, I work for a Japanese company. What do you think? I work for a Japanese company and then I work for... Uh, a podcast and a website that literally gets no money. <laughs> so this one that I'm trying. No, no, no. For Ongaku, I mean, this one technically makes no money either. <laughs> for wrong. Ongaku, that pretty much <laughs> that I'm putting my heart and soul in it and carrying it on 99 percent of the time, which the other two bobos literally only just check in to be like, "Hey, I'm going to record," and then they do nothing with their audio, and I end up doing it. <laughs> 
So yeah, maybe. <laughs> so not seeing why you're depressed. I have to take all these pills, and I'm. Sounds like, like oh. you said you have a website, son. I think that's uh, that's pretty important. So you should probably not be so depressed about it. Yeah. Well, so. I hope I hope that the stuff works for you, and if it doesn't, um, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird to me that they jumped to that so quickly. I feel like there should have been like actually some therapy sessions, but. I think no, with the maybe. severity of his, it's probably more of a this is going to help us work easier. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Because apparently I was supposed, like a normal person is supposed, even if they had like slight anxiety and depression, you're supposed to score like a 60. I scored like a 90 and that's like fucking high apparently. Damn. I mean... Sorry if it's prying too much, but what what kind of questions did they even use for that kind of assessment? Is it just like, uh, just like is, it, is it the ones. generic things that you think of, or is it? Yeah, like kind of uh, weird when, when when you think about a certain thing, what's the first thing comes to mind? And then they give me like other things, and like oh, in the past thirty days, have like they 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 shoot straight from the hip for certain of these survey questions, like oh. Have you felt alone in the last, like, 14 days? Mm. Has there anything that's been bogging you down for the past 14 days? And then it just goes from there to 100. Have you ever thought of killing yourself in the last 14 days? Holy smokes, yeah. (laughs) No no subtlety here. (laughs) Yeah, the the first couple of questions kind of... I mean, I don't know. I I know that therapists have had their run the past couple of years just because it's like have you felt alone lately and it's like hmm, i'm trapped in my apartment and haven't been able to go out in two years so yeah a little bit <laughs> it's like oh in and activities that you've found joy have haven't been fulfilling enough in the last like 30 days and i'm like i don't know <laughs> do this podcast yeah and I, I find it fulfilling <laughs> yeah it's it's the little things like for me i think i think i'd be in a much worse place if i hadn't been keeping consistent on like streaming stuff because at least with that it's like okay well at least something was being done every week it's not a lot but it's something <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so i got oh, I, I have to i have to see this therapist like once a week so Apparently they usually they cons- usually don't do that because they're like supposedly you're so only supposed to see a therapist like once every two to three weeks, but uh yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping it's helpful and I'm curious to see, you know, if if you're willing to share how how it is if you found it helpful just because it is something I've been thinking about too, just because I I feel like a I feel like therapy is an underrated thing. Yeah, it's 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 well, it's good to have just someone to just bitch about things that I just don't feel like. (laughs) (laughs) Like Don't want to burden a normal friend with, (laughs) or just like in general. (laughs) Right. All right. But Um, besides that, I'm a okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm convinced. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Kyo? Um, do, do, how, how is your boring life? Is is it also... Do, do we also have good news? <laughs> from, um, from, the, from the third is, member of the, is, the Holy Trinity of Potosaurus. 
Ken, this picture of Kuga, this gif of Kuga doing a thumbs up is you, and everyone's like, "Hi, are you, you okay over there, bud?" <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I have I have a redeem on my stream that like if you're first, it plays a sound effect, and I congratulate you for just you know give you so much validation for being there at seven a.m. on a like on a weekday for some reason. If yeah. you're not first, you can redeem it. It says that's too bad, and it just has that gif of Kuga doing a thumbs up, kind of passive aggressively at you. <laughs> Love it. But how am I doing? I'm doing. Uh, I don't have a therapist. I probably should have one. I'm okay. <laughs> Um, I'm, I've been like slowly just coming to the realization more and more over the past several years, more so a lot like at the past six months in a bigger capacity, realizing I most likely have ADHD and just trying to figure that out and like what to do about that. Don't know currently don't have health insurance. That's fun. But other than that, I'm doing okay. I've been playing video games and, um, accidentally taking too much Delta eight and fall and laying on the floor for hours. That happened one time. That wasn't a multiple time thing. That was just once. <laughs> no, like, well, my friend sent me the, these Delta 8 gummies. So, like, a lot of stuff like that, like, like, CBD, Delta 8, that's, like, legal in a lot of states. So, like, my friend sent me some. He's like, try this out. It's supposed to help, like, like, the, the pack. Okay, so one, these have 25 milligrams of this stuff in there per gummy. The package says take one of these, one, every uh, six hours as needed as if this is like some supplement because it's supposed to help relax you you know focus you stuff like that all those different bullshits 25 one full one of those knocked me on my ass for hours i'm like who's taking this four times a day who (laughs) i'm like who 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 is doing that because i'm like that one of those was enough to nearly kill me i it was too much i I was trying to go ahead Oh, so go ahead. Uh, I, I had a similar thing, not with CBD, but with um, a provided uh, uh, pot-filled cookie where they, mm-hmm. they basically gave the cookie. A, I didn't have a whole lot of context for the fact that there was pot in it, so that was kind of weird to begin with. But B, <laughs> after eating the whole thing, they went, oh, it says here that the serving size that you should be consuming is half the cookie. I was like, yeah. oh, good. <laughs> so yeah, you gave um, me... Twice the dose, and didn't tell me that it was a pot cookie. Great. So that happened to be kind of like they got this cookie from a place that had like so much stuff in it. Like, I think her and her husband split it, and it was like the highest they've ever been. And then later, they looked at, like, and like the, the serving size for it was like a sliver of the cookie. They don't make it anymore. I don't usually get into stuff like this, but I was just trying to like. I don't drink anymore. I don't drink. This stuff's legal, and I'm like, you know, just just something different, because, like, I'm drinking, I feel sick after that every single time, I I don't smoke, nothing like that, so I go, whatever. I'm the same way. We we really are uh, shadow clones. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, I I used to drink more, but, like, after, I honestly would not be surprised my liver's damaged, and that's why I feel so awful after drinking all the time, because of good old Japan, but as long as I don't go to a doctor and find out, there is nothing wrong it, nothing's there's wrong nothing if no one, if wrong there's no with con- me. Undiagnosed means perfectly healthy. Yeah, as far as I know, I'm in a, I'm in perfect bill of health. Who knows? Who knows? It could be, it couldn't be. But you know what? There's no one to prove me wrong. 
but what if I what am I doing? I don't. What was I? What is? What was the question? <laughs> How are you? How is your boring life? <laughs> oh, well, um, I'm still currently in the like. Girlfriend and I are supposed to be moving here in like about three months, and we're currently still trying to find a place, which well, has been hard. Say. The first say, place how, we apply how to... Them? How is it on that front? Because uh, you've been kind of quiet. Uh, well, it's still a little early because a lot of places like want you to move in the next month. And mm. we're not moving until June. So the one place we went looked at, we really liked it. But like the lady found someone who could move in like ASAP. And like we were like, we can't move until June. It was a great place. It would have been perfect. But like, it, you know, we, we didn't... If it worked out the first one, that would have been great. But like, it, you know, it's fine. We have another one we're looking at, but they're having a showing on fucking Easter Sunday for some reason. And mm. girlfriend works that weekend, so we're trying to find a way to get back to St. Louis for Easter Sunday to go look at a house after she has worked a 24-hour shift. So, that's going to be fun. Yeah. So, uh, the, it's of, still basically a local move to just get out of the middle we're of moving, Missouri. We're just moving from here bit. back to St. Louis, so like... But we have to be within like thirty minutes before she's gonna work. Gotcha. So we'll find out. You know, we're we're still looking. Hopefully, we can find something. It's like there's a lot of places, but not they're not always close enough, or they're in like not the best areas, or like they're just a bad area for where we'd want to go. Because we also want to get a dog, so we need a fenced-in yard and allowed for dogs. And we're gonna get basically a lazy like tall horse dog. So is this? In addition to the dog you already have, or so the do- we don't have a dog. Girlfriend's dad has Biscuit. That's his dog. My uh... mom has my like our dogs from childhood that live with her. I'm not about to split up two senior dogs. I keep telling my mom this all the time. Like I'm not taking one of our senior dogs away from the other senior dog, and I'm not taking. I can't take both. It's like you. She has to figure that out on her own. <laughs> outside of that, and um, outside of doing that, and. Um, fall, like laying on the floor for too long. I've been just trying to play games off stream, which I finally got Elden Ring and I got Stranger of Paradise the other day. I haven't started it yet. And I've been playing a lot of Elden Ring. Um, we can talk about that here in a little bit. And I don't know, off stream or on stream, I've been playing. I finished the Mega Man games recently, or the ones I'm willing to play. That series kind of sucks. I like it, but like, oh my god, so many of the games in the series are so bad. That's a serious like one. Like, have you have you just graduated to traditional Mega Man or is so? I tried those out. So okay, so I played Legends one and two. I liked Legends one, Legends two. I liked to a lesser extent. I'm like, okay, Capcom games have sequelitis a lot, where they like take the sequel, try to make it more of like the first game, and like it doesn't always work. Like RE two is a very rare one where like the immediate sequel was like in some ways better than the original. Um, but then you have, like, your Devil May Cries, uh, stuff like that, where, like, the sequel is just nowhere near as good. Um, I played through, Boy, the, all, like, I tried... Devil May Cry too terrible. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I tried to play... I played all of the X games. I finished 1, 2, 4, and 5. 3, I found god-awful. They changed things up, like, adding instantly respawning enemies. Like, as soon as you got them off screen, they were back. Pixel-perfect jumping, really annoying physics. 6 had the same problems, where, like, they took the previous game and they just made it really annoying. So I found them to be, like, I just, I didn't like them. I gave up on them. 7, I find to be unplayable. 7 added in, like, it slowed everyone down to make it seem like you were running in molasses, and... 
the voice acting's not good, and they added in third-person perspective stuff with a really bad camera angle and no strafing, so, like, I, I, I can't even explain how bad that game was. And then, like, X8 was really grindy, where it's just, like, I would have had to sit there and keep dying, getting, like, you know, get as much, like, materials I can, die, go back to the R&D thing, make chips to boost my character stats to eventually get through it. I'm like, I'm not playing Dark Souls with Mega Man on stream, so I stopped. Then I tried the original games. I don't, I can't get on with them. I can't. I've tried so hard. So many of them are just bullshit and unfair. I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, there is, you know, once you know that there's kind of a certain structure of like which guy you take on first, it makes it Mm -hmm. a little bit better, but, um, it's one of the games that I've used as one as like a defining example of like, Hey, I know that everyone loves these. I do not. And I, it may be because it's a 2d game. It might be because it's bullshit. It might be all of the above, but mm-hmm. I just could never, other than the music, I could never bring myself to like be truly into the original Mega Man games. I don't know. The why. original Mega Man's like Mega Man, all, all the original ones, I think up through maybe seven, there's like very little checkpoints in it. So like if you lose all your lives, you have to start the level over. I think eight might've introduced mid, mid-level checkpoints when you die um but even the x games until like one two and three if you die you have to start up the whole stage you run out of lives the whole stage so you could have gotten to the boss finally died to that back whole have to redo the whole stage which i find really annoying because then like four five and six had it or like x four five and six you would just restart back at like the last checkpoint a last major checkpoint which is like beginning the level like changing areas and levels so some might have two or three of those and then um boss door and you just, the most recent one, you would hit continue and start back there. And then for some reason in X7 and X8, they got rid of that. It's like, why do you keep making these games so bad? Why do you keep regressing with this series? And so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of done with it. I want to play Tron Bond at one point, but like, at some point, but like, I'm, I'm pretty done with Mega Man right now. Unless I get like um, a Battle Network collection or something so I can try those. But, I mean, um, I, I don't think anyone will fault you. You went through basically everything. <laughs> so regardless, I of tried how you everything. Felt about it, you I did told, get through it. I'm like, I'll try these. I will try these games. But if I don't like them, I'm moving on. So we're like, you didn't finish it. I'm like, you you told me this one was bad, and that not to even bother playing it. What do you mean you're surprised? I gave up on it. Some of them were just straight, like like completely unplayable. So now I'm like moving past that. And I'm on Brave Fencer Musashi now, which is so cringe. It's such a cringy game. It's fun, but it's so cringy. The main character is voiced by the person who did Izzy's voice in the dub of Digimon. And the rival hero that shows up is voiced by Rita Repulsa. When they scream, you can hear it for sure. <laughs> Alright! Which, by the way, if you played Final Fantasy VII Remake... Um, there's an old lady named Marl or Merle or something like that. That's yeah. also Rita Repulsa. Yeah. Okay. And I will... There's my context. I I have to play remake so bad. <laughs> it's on PC. It is now. It's not. It's you not also have PS5. You have the final. You have PS5. Just get the PS5 version so you can play the DLC. I do, it's it's an RPG, man. I need to find a, a, a good window of time where I don't look. It's it's, not, it's, it's, it's not more really of like a long RPG. action game. It's a, <laughs> it's a long action game. Yeah, I I don't know. It's like saying 
it's RPG enough that it's like Final Fantasy 13 is RPG. <laughs> mm. Like you do level up and and stuff like that and add materia, but like honestly, it's one like with the old th- games like that. It's like your stats, like you kind of remember them later. Like oh, I'm not killing things. I should probably change things up. Yeah. Or it gets to the point that like you don't necessarily need to grind. There's no really grind area. You can't really grind too much in the game. Yeah, you can just proceed. Like, that until you get to... Until you get to Colosseum, there's no real need to go and grind, per se. Mm-hmm. Plus, the enemies don't come back as much. Yeah, you have to, like, leave and come back to the area, and there's less of them. Are you saying that is Colosseum like a post-game thing, or are you? Um, is there actually no. a part that's, where you do have to grind? That's the third act. So they add okay. a Colosseum, and there's like barely any fights to it as well. It's really sad. Yeah. Okay. But like to fully right, so explore um, Mid- Midgar and all that stuff, it's like you're at the third act, and then. It gets kind of difficult, but it's like, it says it's the third act, but it's like the beginning of the third act. <laughs> the final like act that, is really long. The final act is really fucking long compared to the first two acts of the game. But I, it's, I don't, I don't necessarily consider it an RPG because there's no real necessarily grinding. Because you can kind of bum fuck your way through as long as you know what the fuck you're doing. You can bump right. your way through. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great, <laughs> great way to describe it. <laughs> yeah, bump fuck your way through. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it works, uh, it works. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I consider a grind being necessarily a mandatory function of the RPG genre, simply because I tend to find that if a game is designed in such a way that it would require grinding, I consider that a fault uh, i consider that basically a sign of poor development choices and i, I feel like if, it, if an rpg is made well you don't necessarily grind. grind is if you want to unlock more materia and stuff like that like the, yeah, there's, yeah like, it's usually post-game stuff there there's certain like, right. things that you could do to help you get better stuff but like near near the end of the game like there's only one other big thing that you could possibly need to quote unquote grind for, but even though even that you would need to know how to play the game like it, it like fighting um the VR stuff, especially the last VR boss, you need to know how to fuck to play the game. <laughs> mm. And if you and that's all extra stuff too. You don't necessarily need to beat it right so to speak i think those those are my my favorite designed rpgs um situations where um i think both final fantasy 10 as well as um xenosaga episode one from what i played of it did this really well where grind is an option for Mm. softening aspects of the game that you may not have the skill or understanding for doing correctly but is 
but if you are actually familiar or skilled with the game's systems, if you know how to take advantage of the mechanics of their combat, their items, their weapons, whatever other systems are at place, you don't have to grind. Like, the grind is basically there as just a substitute for, well, you didn't find the secret thing or you didn't understand how turn rotation works that allows you to apply bonus damage if you boost on X turn or whatever. Like, these... These systems are there for you to... Th- th- that's what makes you skilled or unskilled in RPG. And if you lack the skill, just like in Dark Souls, where it's like you can't just beat the next boss at level one, well, you can certainly grind your levels up and still get through the game at a semi-decent tick without necessarily being the greatest. Um, that's what role I think grind plays in in a good RPG. And I hate it when a game is just like, yep, and now you got to chapter four, and this is the part where you grind because you need to be X level to continue. Those are the worst. So do you hate Pokemon then? Because I know Pokemon. Yes. He's Wait. never finished a Pokemon <laughs> game. I have finished Pokemon Yellow and Gold, and I have not really gotten past maybe the first few gyms on any other Pokemon just because besides those early entries every other one of them are simply too much of a grind for me personally um so yeah you you hit the nail on the head i'm not a fan of pokemon games i do like pokemon as a thing right like i like rowlets i like the design of newer pokemon i like the the concept of it i'm just not uh the games don't usually do it for me hmm so you like the other games then, like Snap and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Like anytime it's like in in well, the same universe. Well, technically, that also has a technical grind to it as well, though. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. There is a little bit. Um, I didn't recognize it as much because it was kind of a short grind. Uh, it's not to the same extent. Um, so like po- Pokemon Snap uh, did this. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon was still pretty fun. Um, I got through more of Let's Go Eevee than I thought I would, even though it's boy, not boy, like a boy. great game, but... <laughs> boy, boy, boy. What did you used to call Let's Go Eevee something weird? It's your boy. <laughs> it's your boy Eevee, my favorite Switch game. <laughs> boy, boy, uh, boy. I don't know. What what was it, Kyo? I legitimately don't remember. I'm trying to remember, but you... Um... Uh... It was like Hey You Eevee or something. It was something yeah, dumb. Yeah, I made yeah, a picture yeah, yeah, of it. Yeah, because I, I played Hey You Pikachu a lot when I was a kid, and I just can't un unsee that when I see Let's Go Eevee. Um, so yeah, I was definitely doing like Hey You Eevee for a long time. <laughs> uh, there wasn't really a grind to Hey You Pikachu either, so that one was... It wasn't that an RPG. Was okay, shut up. That what was just basically telling, was great... pi- pi- telling Pikachu, Hey, go over here. <laughs> Hey! Pick up this apple. Hey! Bake a, bake a mushroom soup, Pokemon. Go do it. Hey! <laughs> I don't know. I don't like good games, as you know, so... Um, yeah, you like the Outer Wilds. It, it makes perfect sense. Um, so you say Outer Did you play Wilds Outer Wilds? Wait, hold game. on. When, when did we develop a negative opinion of Outer Wilds? What happened here? Um, I watched you play it, and I'm like, this is boring as shit. <laughs> but it gets... So many people so are like, I think you'd really like this, Mike. I don't think you know me at all. I don't <laughs> think you know me. If you would say that, I don't think you know me. 
I think like, it is a fantastic game, but if you... Honestly, I spent so much time sifting through trying to find, like, the hidden the hidden thing. I can see that being frustrating for, for people. It was even frustrating for me for a little bit, where I'm like, I just don't... Where, where do I go? What do I do? How do I do this? What am I supposed to do? Um, so, like, you know, nine, it, nine times out of ten, when someone suggests me a game that is, like, just in general, or just anything, especially if it's, like, kind of you have to just go off on your own to explore and figure shit out, it almost never works for me. Especially knowing that you might have ADHD, that makes a lot of sense. Um, because those kind of games require infinite patience to get through. Uh, that is the problem I'm having with That's Elden why I'm, Ring like, right so now. surprised, you know, kind of shifting through the, through this right now. That you stuck with Elden Ring for so long, I thought you would have gave up. Well, for, like, for me, it's a lot of like my my. Okay, so when I'm playing it, and since like there's no, I like I'm. I, hold on, back up. <laughs> Sorry. So I started the game in yeah. when I was playing Discord because people are like, oh, do you want to watch? They're like, we want to watch you play Elden Ring. If you we do a Discord, I'm like sure. So I get in there immediately. Everyone joins. Four more people start streaming a game, and then everyone's talking as loud as possible. So I have to like mute deaf and mute everything just so i can hear this the intro i barely hear it all i remember is there is an elden ring it's shattered there is a dung lord that's all i remember about the <laughs> intro cutscene of the game all that broken lore. ring all that Dude. lore from lord George of the George R. 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 martin's writing no 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 Timber, you say his name correctly george railroad martin <laughs> developed all this lore so that he would not finish his damn books <laughs> He developed so much Dung Lord over the course of his career with Elden Ring. Yeah, you know, like, being maidenless and, like, not having your fucking waifu, you get shunned. You're displaying big maidenless behavior right now, Ken. <laughs> but anyway, so I get through that. I don't know, whatever. I get out, face the first boss, which you apparently can kill, but it's like... Do you want to sit there for an hour dodging? Because you don't have any healing, you don't have any level up or anything. You have to find a lady to help you level up. Which, it, you can miss it, but like you just have to go like... It's really not that far from where you walk out to start the game. It's just like, they could have just been like, you need to go here. They kind of like, they do the whole, oh, the, 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 the equivalent of bonfires. They have like these little sparkles that show you where to go and stuff like that. And then... It's it's not the best way of telling people where to go because it just tells you where the next bonfire is. It doesn't tell you where the next... Like, it doesn't really even say where you need to go a lot of the time. It kind of gets you to the first castle where you fight the first main boss that, like, is story-related that has a cutscene. And, like, on the yeah. way you'll find the maiden that helps you level up, whatever, like that. But then yeah. after, after you go through that, I went through I bought, beat that boss, went through the castle that's there, and then I hit an area where it's like, you can't go any further. Because you don't have whatever you need. And then I'm yeah. like, shit, what is this game about? What am I supposed to do? So I just start wandering. I'd say about 20... Let's see, I've been playing for about... How long did I say? Probably near 30 hours right now. If not, maybe a little more, give or le- give or take. But, like, so much doesn't... There's The driving force for me is to find a new katana and a new bow. Which I just now found a new katana after like thirty hours because I had to look which, up my which where reminds me what is what is your class samurai oh you look me you weep samurai yeah well yeah because also I'm like whenever I played um 
Dark Souls 3 and stuff, I'm like, is there a katana in the game? If there is no katana, I'm not playing it. Because I don't like Western fantasy stuff. So if we're like, we have this broadsword and a claymore. And we have this shield and our, our, our plate armor. And we are going to run. I'm like, no. Give me a bloodthirsty, katana-wielding fan- dude. your high fantasy voice? <laughs> well yeah it's like in the, and I have a lute over here and a mandolin and we are going to go through the renaissance fair together with you and this guy's selling corn dogs for some reason anyway I don't I'm like always oh, katana so which is weird though because they made Sekiro I'm like thank god this is literally a game made for me I played it I'm like I don't like this game <laughs> I like it yeah, but Sek- it's too hard Se- Sekiro is a little weird if you compare it to the other the other souls likes I like games. it it's just like it's the Very everything it's just too hard it's just too hard well it really counter it really has your focus point on that counter system and the break system mm-hmm. yeah com- compared to the other games yeah which i like doing countering and and you know and like you know fucking with their posture knocking them or whatever but like i also want to just sometimes do my so like there's two special moves you put your katana away there's like mm-hmm. a quick slice like the typical one it moves forward slices the other one is takes the sword from the back and then just does this like arc and chops you. I just got a I got a sword called the Moon Veil, which adds this like shining lunar glimmer thing that apparently everything is weak to. So I'm just using that now. I just got that today. But that was my driving force was to find that. And there's like seven like I think like five more katanas, and I still haven't found another set of armor that looks cool and stuff. It's like my driving force has just been like leveling up. And that's going to hit a wall. Like, I'm looking, I'm actively looking for bosses I can fight. Well, big issue I had was I'd find a boss. I'm like, okay, I can't beat this. It's too hard. I'll leave and come back later. Well, then I remember 10 to 15 hours later, oh, yeah, there's that boss there. Go back after looking forever. Because I'm like, where the fuck did I find this guy? Because I'm trying not to look anything up. I'm trying not to look anything up at all. I've looked up some stuff, but I'm like, trying not to look for anything. So I eventually find him, and then I hit him with, like, my special move, like, twice, and just kill him. I'm like, oh, probably should have fought this guy 15 hours ago when I leveled up, like, two more times. Because nothing's being a challenge at the moment. Until I find another boss that is a challenge that is too hard, so I leave again. And, like, trying to remember where things are is hard. There is no tracking of anything in the game. Like, there's no quest tracking. There's no, you have talked to this NPC the menu the menu system's still clunky like all the old dark souls games like i have three paintings that i don't know what to do with that are just in my inventory and i'm like what do i do with these and then like there's a note that i got from an npc it was a letter i'm like where did it go i couldn't find it in my inventory i went to go find the npc again she's just like sobs openly into the like into the air and then she's like i all's lost and i'm like what did you ask me to do cuz you only tell me one time so I had to look up. I'm like, where, what is the quest line for this castle? What is this place? And they're like, there's a dude up top that you need to give the letter to. I'm like, that would be so nice. A lot of big, big arguments for this is, well, it's, they had a quest log that would really break immersion. No, it's not. Having a menu system already breaks immersion. <laughs> Everything that's in the game already inherently breaks immersion. I'm not asking for an Ubisoft or Breath of the Wild or like any type of like modern quest log that says like you talk to like dying maiden Everlyn who's on like the steps or whatever. Just be like put all the quest items I get into its own little thing and let me look at it and like just tell me exact let me like reread what the person told me. Things like well. that. Just like or even have it in item where it's called like quest journal. Where, like, you have to actively look for it and do it if you're worried about immersion. Because everyone's like, 
I've just been using a piece of paper and a pencil and writing. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. This is an open world game that came out in 2022. I'm not going to do needs homework. To have, yeah, it needs to have basic features like a quest log and, like, better accessibility options because there really aren't a whole lot in there. Yeah. And, like, honestly, it could, even, it could even have difficulty options. Like, I don't know what it, it is. I'm sorry. I keep talking, Ken. I know you're trying to say something. Um... I don't know why people give FromSoft such a pass on stuff. They are not some small niche developer anymore. Elden Ring sold 12 million copies. They are not a niche developer anymore. Obviously, there is a big market for it of people who like the games or want to get into them. So they need to cater. They need to. I keep being told not to use this. They need to. They should. They should cater a little bit more to a big, their bigger audience instead of just making it for like the core, you know, whatever, like 500,000 that are buying this that want the bigger challenge. They should have these options built in place that you can even enable by that aren't on by default. I don't know why they are so behind and why they get a pass. It's mind-numbing. Sorry, go ahead and talk. I'm sorry. No, no I, I definitely agree. Give The one thing that I'm really hating about Elden Ring right now is give me something to go mm. to. Yeah. Give me something. Like, this is my biggest gripe with with open world games. You don't need to tell me, go 600 freaking feet and take a right at this exact moment. Give me something, a point, anything mm. towards finishing the game because mm. otherwise, I'm in the same boat. Like, I'm doing nothing in that game and i played for like three or four hours and i understand this game is probably going to take me like a hundred hours and i probably won't finish it until, i've heard about 115 you know, hours for people to complete the game it's going to take me like till 2027 to beat this game probably at the rate mm -hmm. i'm fucking going but give me something at least a point that i can just check off and if i want to go explore i can go explore this is the same argument that we had timber a couple of episodes ago that well you know just being able to explore i completely understand that but give me a motive to be like if i mm -hmm. want to go beat these certain bosses to understand the quote-unquote main story of this game give me that option because otherwise, I am just bumblefucking all around this area. I found four other dungeons before I even got the Maiden. So that mm -hmm. tells you how long I was just going around trying to The Maiden do stuff. should be at the first, like, side of Grace. It's, it's like, at the it's, gate. It's at the gate. It's I, at the I gate, but the she, gate. Should be at, she should be at literally the first side of Grace after you get out of the tutorial area. She should literally yeah. be right there. But there's three like, dungeons around that area that yeah, you could just You can just, just go and walk in. and other stuff. And, like, there goes all the things you're saving up because you're going to die like yeah. and, like, lose all of your, your um, runes at that point. There's just so many little things, like, they could... like, And this is where I know they know that they had to change stuff, because they patched in the ability to see where NPCs are, because there's too many, and they move, and it's easy to miss them. So, the, obviously, there are issues, because they patched in something that should be immersion-breaking, but I'm like, it's not like the map is, like, cluttered with collectibles and stuff. Like, you'll get more stuff as you go on and unlock more parts, and it'll tell you, like, here's a dungeon here, but it's not like you boot it up, and it's like, uh, you know, like an Ubisoft map, where it's like, um, viewpoint, uh, flag, uh, 
DNA sample, things like that. It doesn't have that around. It just has points of interest and, um, uh, like, bonfires you can travel to. So, like, it's not like it's... And, like, it, when you look for a waypoint, it doesn't tell you on your map, like, you know, a thing on the ground, how far to get there. You still have to figure out how to get... There's a lot of way to keep immersion in there and have stuff that helps to get around. But, like, I even... It took me forever to figure out how to get into the second area, because I had to find a key to get into the place. And I just, like, I had a very vague... I picked up a map, forgot that I had it, went back to the place, and I'm like, how the fuck do I get in here? Because I did not know the thing I picked up ten hours ago was the hint to go find that key. So I'm just like, what even is this area? Like, what am I looking for? And I had to, like, shuffle through my inventory, and I finally found it. I'm like, okay. And then, like, it's guarded by a gigantic dragon that I can't beat. So I had to, like, you know, try and get around it without getting killed, which is great all the time. It's just always fun to do that. And, like, I get through that whole area. I'm finally at the... Like, I unlock the character that lets you respec, finally. Um, and, like, she tells me nothing. Because, like, that was at, like, at the end of the area, she tells me nothing about where to go next. Like, not even a hint. Be like, uh, you know, Tim. He should be worried <laughs> about you. Like, just tell me something like that. Be like... I just, just You can even do it in character. Be like, ah, uh, I see. Tarnished. You will give the you know whatever next elder lord or whatever is like they're like the next in line. Be like they should maybe watch the like you could do something with it that keeps it narratively making sense that they would reference another character just to give me an idea of where would they go next because like I have most of the map unlocked or not most I have like half and I already feel like it's too much like Timber if you scroll up and there's like a thing I posted spoiled I have half the map unlocked and I already feel like there's too much shit to do. There's so yeah, much so. I have... But while also feeling like nothing to do. I have opinions. Um, your opinions may be stronger than mine just because you are much further along in the game. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how much some of the things you're complaining about will eventually affect me. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll, I'll add that in there as a grain of salt. Um, what I will say is that every... I, I do have mixed feelings about the game, largely stemming from seeing seeing the good and also seeing the things that I at least thought as I was playing through it are just like some of the inherent problems I have with FromSoft games in general um, to begin with it's still a Dark Souls game if it's you're familiar Dark Souls with 4. Dark Souls like it's very Dark Souls it does not give you shit when it comes to the story um, you you are kind of timber, moving forward timber, through all of these different difficult encounters yep Ken but George Railroad Martin wrote the lore for this game, so should there should I, be I something, know. should be something there, to you know about you know like some mm. something. He was very obsessed with grafting. I noticed grafting, grafting was, a, was a very big deal for George in this. Timber, it's funny <laughs> that you say that. Like, like how like the story, like you know, there's really like the story if it's even there. Someone tried to tell me that they finally hit a good balance of story and lore in this game. I'm like, what is the fucking story? I'm 30 hours in, and all I know is a ring was shattered. I have beaten two major bosses, minimum, <laughs> and I could not tell you what I'm supposed to be doing. I think I'm just becoming... I'm supposed to become the next... I don't, I'm becoming the next Lord of Cinder or something? I don't know. What <laughs> is the making, story? Am I getting the ring? Am I going to wear the ring at the end of it? 
Am I finding pieces of this ring? Because I don't think I have. I thought that was the purpose, was to find the shards of the ring and fix it. Or am I not finding parts of the ring? I don't yeah, know. that's what I thought. I thought it was going to be like the whole Inuyasha thing, where you just get the pieces of the fucking <laughs> ring and you make it together. <laughs> and, and I'll be honest, I expected this. When they said that Elden Ring was open world, I was like, okay... If you thought it was bad before trying to understand the story of a FromSoft game, if it's open world, good fucking luck. <laughs> because that is the single most damning way to take a story and make it uh, and kind of hide it in the vehicle of the game. Uh, well, it just because by its nature, un- open world lacks focus. mess at that point, though, Tim Yeah. Now, a lot of people have really been liking Elden Ring, and I think that largely stems from the fact of increased accessibility to the core gameplay loop because Mm. of the introduction of minor or inconsequential legs to the journey. You Mm. move forward, the first thing you find is impossible grafted bullshit boss, which kills you immediately. Then you get spawned into, you know, the, the actual open world where it's like a beautiful feeling. You're like, oh, it feels so no, good. The world looks really him. nice. You can't beat him. Do you want to know what happens if you beat him? What does happen? Does he kill you in a cutscene? No. So what happens when you beat him, you have to cross a bridge. The bridge fucking gives out. <laughs> that well. is your reward for, like going through and like slowly but surely killing that guy because you have to cross these two bridges and it's in the middle platform from that main guy if you beat him you have to cross the bridge and it falls and that's (laughs) why like it looks like you're in a cavern in that beginning area that that makes sense but uh, either way you you beat that guy end up in like this big beautiful feeling like it is pretty and it is nice and um, you know, it looks great to go across. First thing you encounter I think, is fucking I, I think de- horse. I think Demon Souls the the remake was a much better looking game. <laughs> so that one, it's hard to do on that one because it's also not an open world game. So like, it might look better because I also think Bloodborne looks better. But like, because I prefer that art style and direction. But also, like with an open world, you have to have more things rendered at once. So like, I think for it being open world, it still looks like one of their best games. Because, but like when it's one of the other ones where it's like linear or more linear and kind of like you know you're walking through area to area to area, they're able to put more into those because it's the yeah. only thing loaded at the time. It will it will be inherently more designed. It's almost open world is almost a way of saying because it's open world, it means that there will be less design decisions made to make it open. That's what makes it open is that you're not mm. like being guided down this very deliberate route that you have to go through. Like, there's a lot of reuse things in it. Like, if you've ever gone down, like, if you've, like, found, like, a ruins area and there's, like, a set of stairs that goes down into, like, a little cave and then you lift up a door, all those are are copied and pasted throughout the game. Those are copied and pasted so many times. You go through the exact same thing. They might change it and flip the way the tunnel goes and stuff, but, like, they all are exactly the same. There's, I did notice um, that even for the brief amount that I played. Um, so A lot of the, um, there's so many versions, like the Tree Sentinel guy that you ran into, not to spoil, but there's more of the exact same guys, but stronger throughout the game. They're kind of just like, Lynels, aren't they? Because that's yes. what it kind of felt like encountering them. Like, this is a Lynel. It's hard, <laughs> and it's a horse, and it hits me in two hits. <laughs> People keep comparing this game to Breath of the Wild, which I think is like just because it's 
most people haven't played a lot of other ones. There's a lot of open world games where this is like. I don't think Breath of the Wild's a good comparison because that also just implies there. It, it does have feels to it, where it is like there's no story. Um, you don't know where you're going and you're wandering around uh, well, I mean, instead of I, having I, like. I'll compare it to Breath of the Wild because it's re- re- released within a week after you know a great game that everyone should give a chance to. Eh. That's no one's going to. Yeah, yeah, that no one's going to. Poor but... Horizon. <laughs> I can't wait till Richard but... Three comes out a week later after Horizon Three. <laughs> oh, it's like well, it's not it's not just um, that comparison. It's Horizon. So it was Horizon in both cases, right? Horizon. <laughs> yeah, Everyone's like, why, I can't wait for the joke. game that releases two weeks after Horizon. Yeah, the game uh, of the year of that year is going to release a week after Horizon, or within the release. <laughs> um, but, but and, like, don't don't get me wrong; it's a good game. I think it's a good game, but like, definitely they could have cut it down. I. I have yet to see a game series where it went from not open world to open world and been like, oh, thank God they did this, because it really adds to it. I don't think it does. It's nice to explore in this game, but, like, there is no direction in it. I, I and think it does that's... Not... And they really needed to have at least something in there for people who need it. I really hate this idea. Like, I know that they do not need to make a game for everyone, but when you sell 12 million units, or it probably was shipped, but when you sell that much you need to cater a little bit more to the people who buy this and drop it because they're like, I can't get through it. Because, like, still the minority of the... Like, it's a vocal minority of that style of game, of FromSoft, that, like, treat these things like they don't need to change. And they do. I do A little bit. I do think that they met it halfway a little bit just with the introduction of the side content because it does give people access to the core gameplay loop. You go into one of these side dungeons, you encounter cat statue mcgee with a sword that breathes fire and you go oh my god i beat a boss in a dark soulsy game i've never done that before because i thought i was trash mm. and then you beat this boss and it gives you that rush it gives you that experience that understanding so, of why the thing is, like, people like the, these the the thing is with that i think there's other games that did it better and could fulfill that ease of use because i believe that fallen order is a much better quote-unquote open-world style of Souls game. And it can give that dopamine of, I get it, why people like this game. To mm. this day, that Fallen Order is the only Souls-like game that I've beaten. The only thing Fallen Order needs is fast travel. Yeah, that's the only thing it needs, to be honest. <laughs> also, a main character that doesn't look like a foot. Um... <laughs> I did definitely have my my problems with Elden Ring, um, so I, I went through uh, my play experience. Was my friend bought the game? It was the last one at GameStop, so I said, "You can have it, man. It's fine." Um, so we got it. We went to his place, started playing. I let him mostly take the reins because I'd played Dark Souls, and this was his first Souls game ever. Mm. So oh, he's God. like, "I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna try." Um, so he he ended up choosing the samurai as well, I think. So he had the katana starting out. Um, we were making progress, but the, the consistent thing that I noticed is that he was competent enough just from his previous gaming skills to make it through most of the actual, like, walking through areas, fighting trash mobs, finding the, the, the quote-unquote bonfire, and, and making headway. Um, but the things that he didn't grasp that, that 
came to me easily whenever I would take over is it's like, okay, he gets stuck on a boss. He'll give it like five attempts and be like, I just can't beat it. And then I'll pick it up and probably in like two, two rounds, I'll be like, oh, no, I got this. I figured it out. Like just from having played Dark Souls, a lot of the bosses were still intuitive to me. Um, or I at least knew how to exploit them because half the time beating a FromSoft game is just knowing how to exploit the ways that it's broken. Um, Dark Knights in particular in this game are very bad about like not fitting through doors and shit. <laughs> so uh, you could really cheese things um, pretty easily in Elden Ring, I feel. Um, there is also this second element of not un- not comprehending that, yes, because all the enemies respawn, this means that if you died at a place that's very far away from here, it is a valid and probably even more viable tactic than actually trying to fight everything to just run through. Running through regions you've been to before is like part of the core gameplay loop of Dark Souls games. At least for me, I don't fight my way back to the last bonfire every time I get wrecked because that just seems like a waste of my time. I don't know about you guys, but... Um, I did find that to be something that I, that you know, a new person to Souls might not have the the greatest grasp on yet. Um, there's not as much shortcutting I felt, um, at least not in the first dungeon. It, it just kind of felt like you go through and there's a there's actually a pretty linear path to the deliberate accessed areas in this game. Like you have your open world, then you get to castle whatever and you get in the castle and suddenly it's just a dark souls level it stopped being elden ring the open world game and it became just a dark souls level Mm -hmm. um and you start working your way through it you make it to the big boss it's a pain in the ass and really hard i beat the first dude and then made it to godfried and that guy i don't think i've gotten to him yet you didn't get to godfried yet i I ran past a lot of mobs, and then I accidentally fell off a cliff, but didn't die. And then I fought my way through the shit that was in the bottom of said cliff, and found a bonfire. And that where bonfire put guy? me directly in front of Godfrey's door, so I was like, okay. Where, wait, where is this guy? <laughs> what? Where is this guy? He's he's just in that castle, Stormvale Castle. Like, after Margit? Yeah. Where? You you go through the. I'm trying to remember what path I took. Uh, you go forward. There's some stairs that you have to take that actually take you to an upper level. You ignore the locked door, which I I think I know the one you're talking about because I was confused by it too. Um. You get ah oh shit. What the hell did I do? Um, Is he on a bridge? No, he's not on a bridge. Um. You, like, have to go outside of a window, which leads you to, like, the rest of the Stormvale level. And then that takes you to... Uh, you, you basically just continue on forward. There's a, a... Like, an open area with a whole bunch of dudes and, like, weird ballista weaponry. You run past those guys, and there's, like, a troll and some stairs... Um, I'm, you see, I'm like 99% sure I never fought this guy. <laughs> Dude, so you just spent 30 hours wandering and never actually finished Stormvale, is, is what that tells me. 
Yeah, that that's the problem I'm having with the game. Like everyone's <laughs> like, yeah, you, like the second boss. I'm like, I fuck Margaret. Yeah, Margaret um, was easy, and then Gottfried's a pain in the ass and really hard. Um, my big problem I have with the combat is, and this is purely a me problem, that samurai move, like the whole, like the like trigger, like left trigger hold and right trigger like hit move like that one where it's like a big swipe that does so much damage and i refuse to use anything else during fights so i keep dying because i will actively refuse to do normal slashes because i want to hit the big the big hits i want that big hit to hit you want that and it big also hit. took it also took me 10 hours to realize what the blue bar was for and that was for it to do the big hit but stronger so yeah. it took me a long time to realize that i should have been putting points into my fp and i just didn't so i was just carrying around like I would run out and be like, oh, that's really weird that I can't do anything. Why can't I summon anything? Then I realized, oh, summons use that bar. Still didn't know that weapon arts use that bar. So, like, I, I've just been using these dogs, which are not very good. I don't think they've ever leveled up. Because yeah. I, I don't know what they, like, level up with or if they even do that at all. Basically, I just use I, them as, like, my search party to kill people in an area. I unlocked the dogs, and then I had to leave my friend's house. And as he... When, when I talked to him, I was like, how are the dogs? He's like, uh... <laughs> so, I take it not so useful, but it sounded cool at the time. I'm, st- I'm starting to get the impression that I played this game very weirdly. Because <laughs> I don't know how you I don't made it to say, I mean, apparently not as weird as me, because I missed the first major boss of the game. And I have n- I'm going to have to go do that after, st- after this. I'm going to go and find him, because I beat the second one, I believe. <laughs> And not the first here's, here's the hilarious part. Okay, Kyo, here's the hilarious part. I managed to find Godfried. However, I spent maybe two hours not knowing how to leave the weird, like, teleport conference room that you get to after talking to the girl with the horse. Like, you go mm-hmm. you go in there, and then it's just like, I, I felt like there was nothing to actually do in that room. I just kept wandering. I found a, like, red spirit that you could reach by jumping to the bottom hallway in front of the the gate and just kept trying to kill him assuming that killing him would mean i could leave <laughs> and that's when i learned oh you're you're supposed to just fast travel out what you why is this here yeah, there's a lot of things where it's like yeah you need to fast travel i'm like oh i would have just never really considered having to do that right because it just doesn't come natural for a FromSoft game to like fast mm-hmm. travel like you're supposed to because like you have to fast travel things. from bonfires in the previous like in the previous games that do have it so like like not have like having us do it from a menu. And we're like, oh, I can just do this anytime. That's weird. It, it really is. It's nice, especially considering how much land you have to traverse. But it's uh, it's bizarre to get used to. Um, also, it's bizarre to hug a lady and get a buff for it. And I, I still don't know what the buff. Yeah, that be. lady. She's like, can I hold you like a baby? I'm like, I guess. Sure. <laughs> it's like anytime you want, you can just fast travel to this chamber and have a woman coddle you after mm. getting completely decimated in whatever boss fight you're stuck on. Timber, oh, I, I think about I it. I don't know if you understand, but I think every person needs that. <laughs> just yeah. to get coddled. So take it from the clinically depressed guy. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah. I just want to, after a nice, difficult day that I had, I just want to get coddled by a lady um, in a dungeon. Oh, hold on. While I'm thinking about it, to put this in here so you can put it at the beginning... This episode of Potosaurus has a lot of spoilers for Elden Ring, just so you know. <laughs> you can put that in the beginning of it. 
Um, I'll copy I'll this. Also... I'm gonna copy this and not edit what you just said out of this timestamp. You know really what? Fun. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Massive spoilers for the beginning of Elden Ring and the 20 to 30 hours of wandering Kyo did that didn't accomplish anything. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it doesn't help that when you ask people, they're like, either people want to tell you the most inane bullshit to help you out, like when you ask, or they're like, oh, you'll, you'll come across it. And I'm like, look, I'm not going to come across it. I'm like, not I don't need, I don't need you to, t- <laughs> like when I started, yeah. someone's like, in the voice chat was like, oh, you should pick up that flower every time you see it. I'm like, I'm going to pick up every item I see every time I see it all the time anyway. Yeah. I'm like, but how do I level up? That's something I need to know. Like, things like that. Like, I will ask you... Like, people want to give, like, bad advice. Or, like, things that are not useful advice. I'm like, I just... I just wish someone would tell, would have told me where a katana was. I had to go look it up. Nothing... Like... Yeah, finding weapons, too. If I could just, like, find something that's been like... There is a sword for your yeah. class I don't nearby. know how much of it... I don't know how much of it is just, like, random drops, too. Like, somehow, while I was playing through Stormvale, I found some claws and those have been my favorite alt weapon that i've been using because oh are they um they like vega claws yeah precisely so like anytime i like need to round a bend like i'm like i know there's an enemy on the other side of this and i can't afford to get hit switch to the claws because i can just out like outspeed them, speed them. Uh, if they're yeah. trying to ambush me you say um, you just berserk or barrage them exactly i'm just like it's claw time and then just go around and go huh, huh, and then there goes the. the dude. You got you to do um, your 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 worst Wolverine impression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there. I guess there's your hint, Kyo. Godfrey is in Stormvale. I don't even know how to describe to you how I got to him because I legitimately I, feel like I just kept accidentally falling off. Is shit Stormvale until the I castle's name? It's the castle thing. Yeah, I, I'm. I, it's, I think Stormvale might be the thing from Demon Souls. I don't think that's the actual name of this. Is it Stormvale Castle? Oh, it is actually Stormvale Castle. Well, okay. Yeah. I don't know why well, I just didn't... you know, as as much as I love having this being a good old Elden Ring, <laughs> is there any <laughs> other games cast. that we've been um, well, I, sh- yeah. I started the demo of Stranger of Paradise when it dropped. Um, I skipped all of the cutscenes, so I don't know anything about the story. <laughs> I only know gameplay for, like, the first two missions that were in there. Because, like, I'm going to get the main game. So, like, I just wanted to see how the game felt. That way, if I'm like, this feels awful, I can cancel it. But I'm like, oh, I like how it plays. Um, I was going to say, you know, it looks horrible. The story is off-the-walls bananas. And it it's even gets more off-the-rails at its third act. But the Have you played the game at all? is really good uh i've i've downloaded the demo i bought the game mm. and but i just never i'm it's in my backlog of once i finish horizon i will play it yeah my copy arrived yesterday but i got elden ring last thursday so i'm like i thought about breaking up but i'm like i should probably finish elden ring because if i take a break and come back i'll probably not get i'll probably be lost for one and then also switching between the gameplay styles might be hard yeah, yeah. but the thing that surprised me is Stranger of Paradise. I don't know if this was just people were assuming it was like that. It is not a Souls-like game like everyone kept saying. And yeah. not at least in the way that people are like have been t- talking about even when the demo came out. At best, it has similarities to Neo as far as those because it's the same dev. But for me, it felt like Final Fantasy VII Remake met Devil May Cry met oh, yeah, maybe... 
maybe it's some basic things of Neo. Yeah, it's it's very action-y. And I kind of mm-hmm. like the pace of this game a lot more. But, yeah, you are right. Like, kind of thinking down to it, like, it is a really high-paced 7 remake. And I really hope that when part two for remake comes out, they kind of get some of the hints from this development mm-hmm. team and how to. I think with them hiring the it, guy, um, sorry, go ahead. No, no. Well, I mean, even if when they did hire the guy for um, from Devil May Cry, he's yeah. working on sixteen right now. He's not going. I be... feel like him being around though might help, like because they'll probably they share a lot of the info around. Like they might be like at least yeah. you know some influence there. But like if not, like I think there's enough of like the DNA from Seven Remakes gameplay in. Stranger Paradise, because you have your, you know, your your main attack button. You have mm-hmm. a way to do magic. Magic's interesting. You capture it and then throw it back. Everyone can do that. Every class. Yeah. Um, but there is like magic based classes, and then like instead of having switching between like, I forgot was it was like something in operator mode for Cloud. You switch between jobs, and you have a heavy yeah. and strong and light attack for that. What I like about it is, um, the whole game's based on comboing. So, like, you'll do a couple things, and when you hit your last attack, a strong attack on someone, if you switch classes really quickly, you can keep that going. And, like, you can mix and match. Like, when you go through and do the trees for the classes, the more you unlock, you'll also unlock more classes from there. I think there's, like, 35 or something. And I think I've tried about nine of them in the demo. And they were fun. I didn't like the magic ones very much, because I don't like sitting still. Yeah. Um, But I, I liked I liked the game for what it was. Some of the bosses are bullshit. Like, there's one boss in the demo where I'm like, I literally don't know what you want me to do. Because those <laughs> retain the Neo feel. Like, the Neo Souls feel is in how the boss fights play out. And in between, like, their cube bonfire things, um, if you yeah. die, your maximum MP gets reduced instead of you losing um, experience. You don't lose experience. So, like, you have to then keep doing visceral kills on enemies to build that back up. Is that right? Yeah, you have to be doing a lot of more combos and and big, quote unquote, hits to gonna get that up. So I that, feel like that's one thing that I really do like, though. Mm. I do like how they like kind of incorporated different Final Fantasy characters in there, but like kind of modernizing a little bit, like having the bombs as things like they still react as bombs. Like you can either try and like beat them with a melee as quickly as possible, or just blow them up with the fire after you catch it and throw it back at them. There were some other little enemies I recognized from earlier games. And, like, the worlds looked like... It's it's um, mission-based, like Neo is. And, like, the areas are, like, fairly linear. There's different paths that kind of go around. Um, but you pretty much end at the same place you can explore still. I think they all look very pretty, at least the ones I went through. Like, they all looked very nice and diverse. Mm. I just don't like the um, the red crystal visceral thing. I feel like it relies a bit too much on it, or maybe I was... So it's just like, oh, this feels like it could get old really quickly because it goes into a cutscene for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that's that's one thing that I'm kind of just, like, very interested about that. Everyone that I've heard play this game had said to me that pretty much the only thing that is really, really good and really solid about Stranger Paradise is the combat and mm. how it balanced classes very well. Well, I'm to a point at a certain point but to the point that you know the story might be off the rails and you kind of can understand that if you just kind of hear i mean it's a it's a no more work on the game yeah (laughs) and you know it might not look like 
the the greatest thing. I mean, Jack just looks like you know plain as. I I like that they so. went with like the weirdest cast because like after having all these pretty boys that look over design, they're just like here is like Slim Shady in his forties, <laughs> and like these two random guys that look like they were prepared to be like I don't know if his partners were isekai as well or if they're from that world, but like yeah. they look like two cosplayers that showed up for an isekai. Like yeah, it's it's and a I, weird that, group. That's of another people. thing too that they're gonna have two isekai games within th- this year. The other one Forsaken, right? Yeah, Forsaken. If that comes out, that's that got delayed. Yeah, well, it looked a lot better in the PlayStation. Mm. showcase thing that they'd had a couple weeks ago it looked a lot better and i think it just needed its time in the oven just a tad bit more because you know it has a big hill to climb out of because a it is a new ip and b it is from the final fantasy 15 team which is already kind of big mark we're here to kill chaos said jack yeah said jack not not (laughs) just jack jack garland Spoilers for that shit. This episode also includes spoilers for Stranger of Paradise (laughs) by way of Square Enix releasing a Play Arts Kai a month before the game came out. Yeah, announcing what it looks like and it just says Jack Garland and spoilers because his name is Garland guess what he turns into? Fucking Garland. (laughs) I mean, it it was something that like everyone saw immediately like, because I feel like that was... Like, I feel like I've always known that was his name. Like, I feel like that was something that maybe they even showed in the beginning. And, like, well, the, no, when they first... No, no, it wasn't, it wasn't in... It was in the reveal of that second trailer. And he was like, my name is Jack. Jack Garland. And it's just just so nonchalant on how he said it. That took it's just like an awesome... by surprise. But even, like, the first one, the guy's like, I have to destroy chaos. And, like, you look at it and everyone knows the basic cop... Like, you know, story of Final Fantasy One. I'm like... This dude's probably going to become the villain. Like it just it, he has that feel to him. He looks like a douchebag. He's gonna become the bad guy. Like I, I haven't started yet, but I just I assume that's what it is. Yeah. But you know, I've the ending of it. The from what I've heard, is just off the walls bonkers. <laughs> oh, and they do res- They do have some. Spooky time ghost shenanigans. Ooh. <laughs> so yeah, does. I've I've heard some stuff. Uh, I read some stuff by accident, so I'm just like, like I'm trying to avoid it as much as possible. <laughs> it's like goddamn it, Square. They couldn't help themselves with the spooky time ghost. I know. Just what a what a lore ripe game to do another thing on Final Fantasy One. What you talking about? I can't wait to get to Final Fantasy or Seven Origins and play as Steven Sephiroth. <laughs> I hope they honestly like. I haven't played it yet, but I really hope they like keep doing this weird. Re- if they're gonna like, I'd rather do them them do this like weird reinterpretation of stuff or like you know, yeah. this style of thing over rather like making more remakes remake. of shit. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Or, you someone, know, Jessica, Jessica Ultimacia. You know, I had someone in my chat that was talking about. He's like, oh. Stranger Paradise isn't worth the money. I'm like, okay, curious. Like, I don't think any game's worth the main full price, but I want you to elaborate on this. It's like, oh, it's really short. I'm like, how short is it? How short is this game? It's like, oh, it was on a YouTube video in six parts. That tells me nothing. That doesn't mean anything. Oh, this is six YouTube episodes. How long are they? 
doesn't matter. Six YouTube videos. <laughs> it's about like, six YouTube videos long. Oh. Yeah, and right. like six YouTube the, video long. You know, someone could say that. But, even you know, if they're like there, three hours each. There's people like, for like, you know, the Game Champ 3000 guy that does all those bunker yeah. like requests. You know how long yeah. it took? You know how long it took him to beat Kingdom Hearts level one mode? Eight YouTube I, videos. <laughs> but you know how long those eight YouTube videos are? Like 12 hours long. Oh, does he actually post like the streams too? I thought it was just yeah, his has... condensed like challenge. So he oh, has wow. a condensed one and then he has a let stream one, which is literally the un the raw version oh, of it. I've gotta check those out. I, w- I wanna see him suffer. <laughs> That's fucked. He did his Pokemon <laughs> no hit run and one of the episodes was, or one of the videos was like ten hours long. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I can't imagine. And you speak about grinding. One of the videos was ten hours of him just going up and down the the one of the roads because he put the Pokemon in the 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 um the daycare and it gets one exp per step so he was just going up and down oh my for four God. hours <laughs> no that's terrible I hope he at least like had some fun stuff to talk about for those ten hours oh lord. Um, but yeah, uh, I, this was, this was both the most like free form, like, uh, just, just following a straightforward path in the podcast, as well as the least (laughs) constructed thing, um, that I've, that I've like led so far. Um, but I think we talked about Elden Ring and Final Fantasy, We've come a long way from, or hi, this origins. is Kimber Taft with this episode of Potosaurus. My name it's is been, Kimber it's Taft. It's been such an odyssey. This this has been like highs and lows across across this podcast. Um, but I did want to see, were there any other games that you played besides Mega Man, Elden Ring, and Stranger of Paradise? Wait, what? Uh, sorry, what did you say? <laughs> no, what games I was re- did you play besides those three? Um, off stream, really not much. Those were the two main things because, like, I I only like it's hard for me to get into a game off stream. It's something I've been really working on to try and get back into doing that. But like, nothing, something like I can get like maybe one a month where it, like clicks. Because even just in general, like, if I wasn't playing games on stream, it probably just like every once in a while, you know, you get in those moods where like I don't want to play anything. Just I just don't want to do anything for sure. But um, we like I was playing those two. And did I try anything else? I feel like I tried another game off stream. Oh, I've been I I went through more of the Mega I went through Mega Man X four and five on my Xbox because whenever I beat them on stream, I went back and did it, but I didn't finish one X one and two because I really don't like them. Did I play anything else? Uh, did you talk about Musashi yet? So I started that. No, I, I've been playing that on stream at least. Um, I started that. I don't know if either of you have played it. It's a very rough but cozy game with one of the most obnoxious dubs I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> uh, what what makes the dub so obnoxious? Are we talking like like uh, ghost stories level of like kind of so bad it's good, deliberate bad, or is this just like it's completely oblivious? Like it's, it's just very nineties. 
Okay. Like, it's just, like, it's just old style. Uh, I will defeat you. Yeah, it's just, like, the main character is voiced by the lady who played Izzy in Digimon. The rival, like, hero is voiced by the person who played Rita Repulsa in Power Rangers. Everything is a pun for food. The kingdom is called the All-You-Can-Eat all Kingdom. Everyone that lives there has food names. The enemy kingdom is the Thirst Quencher Kingdom. Everyone there has beverage names. One person's oh, name is Ginger L. Not just horny, but they are thirst. I mean, all the girls are really... It's like 90s horny, like, ah. but kind of tasteful. There's Ginger L. There's someone named Bubbles. It's It's all that shit. It's fun. The platforming's rough. And... It doesn't surprise me, because looking at this, this is yeah. a 2.5D game, right? Like, no, it's full 3D. It's just, like, the um, the camera angles are fixed a lot of times in weird ways, and, like, mid-jump, it will change camera angle, and it's not like one of those games where, like, say you, you hold left, you jump, and, like, as long as you keep holding the thing, you keep going that direction. It, like, say you jump, you hold left, and it transitions, you're going left of whatever that jump was in the new screen, so you'll just fall in the water or something, and, like... It relies a lot on you copying enemies' moves and using them, which is fine, but sometimes it's really hard to get them, because you'll be sitting there, like, you have to hold on a button to charge, hit the square button, it shoots it, and then you have to button mash the square button to get the power. Well, then sometimes the enemy immediately responds, or you just keep getting banged in the back from another enemy trying to get you at the same time, because they respond and they want to kill you while you're trying to get that move. It uses status ailments a lot. Like, there is a day and night cycle. There is a day of the week cycle. Everything's on a schedule. You have tiredness and stamina. Um, everything slows your ass down, and you already don't move that quickly. Like, it's... It's it's actually incredible. I actually I really loved those day and night cycle things, and I also loved how obsessed the late 90s and early 2000s were with mm. implementing that in their games, especially RPGs, where it's just like, there's a day-night cycle. Dark, I think Dark Cloud had the most hilarious implementation, where it's just like, uh, there's a day-night cycle, and it has literally, it has zero effect on anything, besides the fact that now it's night and then it's day. Like, no one's lives change, no one moves. It just is a thing, because it just was like the standard thing that you had to have in your games. Mm. It's. Um, I like the game, but like all the little things in there, like that, it's just like this. Just feels like way too many systems that are obnoxious to make this game fun. <laughs> it's good. It's sense. good. It's just like it's one of those like. Mm, I really wish there was well, either no stamina system or no like schedule because like, on some days stores are closed, so you just have to sleep outside. You just like do the thing where you fall asleep outside on the floor until mm-hmm. they open up. Uh, I had actually some some serious ex- uh, sorry what uh, some similar experiences with my time playing Elden Ring for the PS2, uh, which I had been doing on stream. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, so I forgot your stream from Soft's Eternal Ring. Yeah, um, so I only had I think one stream session because of everything that happened this month, so I didn't get very far. But um, it, have either of you ever played Eternal Ring for the PS2? No. No, from oh. so you're kind of choppy right now, now oh, Timber. No. So I just I thought you said Elden Ring for the PS2, and I was like, you played those D Make mods. 
No, no, no. Oh, he no, did no. say I, that. He did say that. I did say that. It's uh It's Eternal Ring. He just keeps calling it Elden Ring. Yeah, it's called Eternal Ring, but it's a Frontsoft game that has ring in it, so you know, I'm very clever. <laughs> anyway. Uh it's a it's it's made in the old style of FromSoft games, so it's very much like a Kingsfield um, kind of thing where you're playing first person with medieval weaponry and magic and stuff. Um, the rings play a far more important role in that game than they do in Elden Ring. Let me tell you. Um, there's so is this a prequel to this to that then? I don't I don't think it's tech. So it's not actually like related in any meaningful way. It just happens. <laughs> to be a game with ring in the name that FromSoft also made. Um, At the end of it, it the, you find out the ring just breaks apart. Um, it <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> just the tie-in. Uh, George R.R. <laughs> Martin really did put it, gave his all in, in writing The War of the Ring. You say his name ring. correctly now, Timber. George Railroad Martin. Yes. Um, it is... It's interesting seeing how many things were completely different from from like FromSoft's modern delivery. First of all, it's first person, so that's already like, wow, that's not very Dark Souls like. Um, there's music. Not only is there music, it is <laughs> bomb fucking bastic. <laughs> like it is. It's like so damn music. Loud. Uh, yeah, as as I think Squid mentioned it when he was listening, he he described it as. Um, I wrote this MIDI track, and you are going to fucking listen to it. <laughs> Levels of loud. Um, so pr- a-, a lot of that's um, interesting. They still have their winding dungeon designs, um, but everything else about it, like you get out of the dungeon, and there's actually like a village with people mm. living in it, and they're like kind of leading normal lives, and they have a schedule. They'll go to bed. Uh which also means that you can have a vital quest objective that you need to complete, but you have to wait outside of the warehouse because it's locked until morning. Uh, there is a clock that shows you roughly what time of day it is, but everything is written as like, it is Tender. the time of moonlight. It is the time Tender. of starlight. Yes. Is there, is there any NPCs that ask you if there's any Chinese people out there in the warehouse? <laughs> Um, I didn't encounter that, but we did have a very awkward game-stopping moment that literally required a hint from Pudding Cup, who had come into the chat and was like, dude, I've been playing this game recently, and it took me, (laughs) for 15 minutes, I was just like, you've been playing Elden Ring, right? And you're just, like, playing along with my joke, right? And then, like, it wasn't until the 15 minute mark was like, no, no, legitimately, I've been playing Eternal Ring recently. And I was like, what the fuck? This is from 2000 and what, two? And you're just now, you're playing it at the same time. I mean, just like serendipitous. Um, but he did give me a, t- a tip that in order to continue the game, there's a point where you hand off the weapon you started with, which was actually a pretty good weapon, to um, the the quartermaster at this village so that you can join their guild because I guess they pool all the weapons together for the guild. And in order for you to get a weapon, you have to take the like the weapon note from the quartermaster to the warehouse guy 
And you have to actually have it equipped to a hotkey button so you can then use the hotkey button to use the note on the warehouse guy so that he then goes, ah, I see, you have the note. Here, a weapon. And he gives you the world's shittiest dagger. I'm just like, where's my sword? Why did you give me this and then take it away? And why do I have this asinine hotkey system that literally doesn't ever get used again um, that stopped me from making progress for a solid hour and a half? Um, but okay. So we, we got that sorted. I go into the main dungeon, which is pretty standard fare. It, it's got like this square temple design. It's like a, a water ruin. So I'm killing mud crabs and lizard people until I eventually get to the final boss, which is a really big lizard person. And then a, a magical dragon talks to me and says that uh, the ring is very important and I have to go and talk to Madeline or, or some fucking girl. Is this all sounding familiar? Have you played Elden Ring recently? <laughs> and then after getting out, the village like gets destroyed by, by chaos and uh well so it's a stranger paradise sequel it's it's a stranger paradise sequel as well yes um before then advancing to the this other rune section where you wander forever there's a there's a dude in this place but he's really hard to find so i spend like an hour just digging through these ruins trying to be like where do i go i went into this forest area got my ass kicked by some lizard people um and eventually I, I find this guy and there's some dialogue from him where he's basically just like, there are some people that will help you. You may have found the toxic caves. In order to get through the toxic caves, you should use this ring that I'm about to give you. Also, do not go into the forest. It's fucking dangerous there. <laughs> it's like, oh, good. <laughs> so, Gee, I wouldn't have guessed the forest is dangerous. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, literally everything that I tried doing, this guy was just there to explain away why everything was shit for me for the past hour while I tried making progress in these regions. Was this that game didn't before Tenchu or after? Uh, let me, let me see. I don't think I've played Tenchu, so I'm not familiar. So Tenchu happened in 1998. I think it's after, because this was a PlayStation 2 game. Um, so Eternal Ring was the year 2000 exactly. Um, and it apparently can be emulated on the PS4 as of 2017. Maybe I should have just done that instead, but I do have a legit copy that runs, so whatever. Um, it's it's an interesting game. I have eventually, I, I did eventually get to a point where I'm not sure where to go next. Um, so I am, I'm a little bit concerned about tomorrow's stream when I'm going to try and like figure it out, but it's been a surprisingly fun game where as I'm going through it, I'm just sort of like, I feel like while the Dark Souls games definitely have their charm, there are certain lessons that I think FromSoft took from the success of Dark Souls that may have not been like the greatest things for them to affirm is like this is how we should design things from now on because there is definitely like i wouldn't mind having some like a village with people in it to talk to in a dark souls game like i wouldn't mind it not being oppressively solitary a hundred percent of the time 
Um, I mean, there's people in, in the village game. that you can talk to. You just got to make sure that you don't push R1 and kill them by accident. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I, I don't know. Uh, Eternal Ring probably is a lot like a, um, similar games that came out during that period, but being one of the few games it's of like that Kingsfield. genre that I actually experienced, um, I, I find it surprisingly fun and pretty underrated for being something that Metacritic's like, this is a 62% out of 100 like, I don't feel like it deserves that much of a tanking. I recognize that there is some genericness to it, but there are some good ideas in there. Um, but we'll see. I'll probably start hating it once I make actual real progress, because, again, I got stuck at the village for an hour and a half because I couldn't find the damn hockey button. Besides that, um, there are a couple other games that I did play, one of which was because of a movie that came out starring Spider-Man playing the role of Nathan Drake. Did you guys know about this? Uh, I thought you, you were yes. going to play um, Tom Holland. the Twilight Twilight the game for the PS2. There's a game for Twilight? Of course there is. Oh, is there? I need to get that. Oh my god. <laughs> Unless, of course, we're talking about um, like Vampire the Masquerade or something, but... But no, I uh, I was just playing the first Uncharted um, to try and get myself hyped up for the movie, which it sounds like it kind of tanked, which I shouldn't be surprised by, but I No, I it anyway. didn't tank. No? It didn't tank. It was Sony's... Sony said it was successful and it will be a future franchise. Oh, wow. Well, I got to see it then. Um, I hope it's, I hope it's good. Uh, I saw a mixed Timber, bag of people being like, it's Timber, bad if you I will, like the I games. Will, I will say, it's amazing to watch drunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's there, reassuring. There, there is no rhyme or reason on some of the set pieces, because they're just like, hey, this is from the game. Let's throw this in there. <laughs> that That's good. It means that I didn't waste my time like trying to go back and actually experience those games for the first time. So I was playing through the first Uncharted um surprisingly grabbed me i i honestly expected i would bounce off of it as this is a generic triple a action game made by a big no that's company. the third one that's the third one the third one feels like that people say two's amazing i have to get to it one has been all right um i don't I, I have been having fun getting through it though i am getting frustrated by some of its more antiquated antiquated systems things like the cover base system where half the time he glues to cover that I didn't want him to do and then actually finding the button that unglues him can be a challenge sometimes um uh I mean the... it's a little bit easier in two because well it, it gets better with time because there are certain ones well obviously it still has that glue like feature but it's much easier to get off the areas that you need to to do yeah um the the weapons feel um, pretty punchy, which has been really fun getting through the game and realizing, like, wow, this is one of the few times where they give me a shotgun and it actually works <laughs> the way that a shotgun should. You shoot the thing and it does, in fact, die um, more than it probably should. Then uh, there are the occasional set pieces where there's, like, you can use a grenade launcher uh, as people approach you, so like it, it can feel pretty satisfying getting through it. 
the biggest gripes I have are probably during the combat sections, just because I feel the game is at its strongest when it's effectively leveraging all of Naughty Dog's prior experience as platformer specialists, when you're actually mm. navigating the environment and climbing up shit and, and like, trying to, to get around. Well, because um, how, how far are you in one? I believe I'm in what's considered Chapter 13, which places me around halfway through the game. Just tell me the area, because I, I don't remember what chapters. Uh, let me think here. We just... What did we do? We found... Did you Oh, man. Uh, spoilers up... for Uncharted. We found out that Sully's not dead. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so around did there, you go, and I just... Did you go up a river using a, like... Yes. Know, like some... so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Jet skiing upstream like Jet... I'm a goddamn salmon. Ski... Yeah. <laughs> Once or twice? Uh, this was the second time. Um, so okay, I had yeah, yeah, you're about times. you're about halfway, I want to say, or you're just about to enter the third act of that game. Awesome. Um, it, it, I really liked the pacing of the game because as so, I was entering so it, so you've never played an Uncharted game, right? This is the first time. Yep. Um, do you know what happens in stories for the Uncharted games? I do not. Um, okay. I assumed it would predictably be a I, lot like Indiana Jones, but... I can't wait to hear what you think about the final parts of the story beats, because there are cer- there's a certain formula with Uncharted games that it's pretty funny that they keep doing it. <laughs> but there's a, there's a certain story beats with all these games, specifically with Uncharted, that... Yeah, it gets uh, very interesting near the tail end, and I'll, uh, I I don't want to give it away because it kind of gives away how all the story formats for all these games end up being after a while, but it's pretty funny that that's what Uncharted ends up becoming <laughs> near the end. I think the only time... No, no, they did it in, uh, they did it in 4, too. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> well, I guess I'll be able to predict the next uh, sequels in the series from this, but um, I don't know. It's It's been fun. I haven't been going out of my way to be 100%-y, so like, I definitely have been missing some of the collectibles like, along the way. Besides I did the find... collectibles, besides the collectibles, this game is probably an easy platinum. Platinum. I, uh, I would agree. I did find the hidden... Um, you found the, the hidden, hidden relic. The hidden egg. Yeah, the egg relic. Yeah. And I was like, yes. <laughs> they remember. I'm not forgotten. Um, but as far as, like, other other stuff... Sorry about that. I guess everyone's getting interrupted right now. Um, so, long story short, I, I'm enjoying my time with it. I, I'm having a hard time describing exactly why I like it. It's just a very, it is a cover-based shooter from the era of cover-based shooters, but it is done so competently that I I can't find fault with it the way that I would with something like the Poster Boy. Gears of War is what, like, initiated all I this. Mean, and that's that's what that game ended up becoming. Like, it said that, you know, Gears 
obviously was the the granddaddy for that cover based shooting mechanic but uncharted was the game to really kind of like fix it up and even uncharted one i don't say it's perfect i think two and the later games have two is the only more. good one two is yeah, the only yeah, good well, one well for for their their cover base running gun mechanic i'm not not saying anything for story wise but two is probably one of the better ones to get that correct I did also find it a shockingly brutal game considering that I set the difficulty to normal and I'm still getting completely fried by guys in just about every oh, encounter. Yeah. I'm just like, all right, I'm, I, I ragdolled now. Like, this is, this is like weirdly the Dark Souls of cover-based shooters. I don't know what's going on, but... Ha-ha. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so that was my time with that one. The last game that I actually played, and I'm sorry that this has been dragging... Um, but after playing some of Uncharted, I suddenly had the weirdest itch to just play a historical fiction game, and I ended up getting completely sucked into Assassin's Creed Four Black Flag over I the past few days. I thought you were going to say days. Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> um, have either of you ever played Black Flag? I know that uh, you must I like have played Black Flag a lot. I like you that like one a lot. lot. Broats, um, you know all there is to know about Broats. People say that I would, I would like, like that game, but I just fell out of Assassins. That's what so I th- expected. That, one, that one's kind of fun to go back to. My favorite thing for that game, though, is upgrading the ramming part of the boat and then just running boats over. It is so fun to <laughs> it's, just it's pretty great. crash into other boats. Um, what I'll say about my experience with it and what might help get you into it, Ken, um, when I first started playing Black Flag, I fully anticipated, okay, I got it for $8. If I hate it, whatever, it was $8. Um, so I, I hopped in, I started playing it, and for the first couple hours, I was like, yep, this remi- this reminds me of the three Assassin's Creed games I've already played. So I played one, two, and three, and decided I'd play four now. And... He- you only was... played one, two, and three. You didn't play Brotherhood and Revelations. Nope, I didn't. I didn't really give that many shits about Ezio personally. Um, no, but I mean, for the story-wise, it kind of uh, it does. So it doesn't matter too much because four doesn't follow the plot of Desmond. Miles no, but I'm anyway. not saying that. I'm ridiculing you for not playing the other two games and going into three. <laughs> Three was good. I liked. I actually. So first of all, it's not that I went into three. Three was the first one that I actually played. I started at three, oh and then I was like, "Oh, okay, I gotta go back." So I played three, then one, then two, and now four. Yeah, because then when you play two, then you're just like, "Oh, how come the lady isn't there?" Is is so those games are like a tie-in between one and and two then? No, it's a tie-in between two and three. Oh. Uh... Yeah, I guess that's why I didn't notice because I played three first, so I had no context for who any of these people. Like were when anyway. you finish two, you're like, "Oh, the blonde lady is gonna be there with you forever." And then when three happens, where the fuck is the blonde lady? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I when I played the Assassin's Creed games, I wasn't really super sucked in by the the overarching narrative. For me, it was very much more about just being in a historical time period and experiencing a very well-realized interpretation of the world in those periods. Um, yeah, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, not anymore. But 
4 was very interesting since the first couple hours of the game I, I played it I, I got through the, the Havana kind of tutorial bits where it's just like this is how you do Assassin's Creeding. You do all the Assassin things. Go here, hide in this group, uh, follow this target, then then stab him. And after those first couple hours, I was like, maybe I should put this game down. I feel like it's just going to be like the other ones, and I don't really need to repeat. And then you commandeer your first ship. And everything after that moment opens up the game, and I go, oh, it's not an Assassin's Creed game. It is a pirate game that is done exceptionally well, and once you you take off the blinders of, of viewing it as do you an know Assassin's what Creed that game, game? Do you know what that game was supposed to be? Um, Assassin's Creed Four. Yeah, I uh, n- no, but I it doesn't surprise me to hear it might have changed considering how much oh, people no. loved the ship it was mechanics supposed in Three. To, it was supposed to be a pirate game. But because of the fact that Ubisoft did not want to take a gamble with this new IP, they were like, shoehorn in Assassin's Creed. We're going to make this an Assassin's game. The time period doesn't match. Oh, we'll make him the father of the hero from three. That? Sorry, um, grandfather. (laughs) I'm glad to hear that backstory because everything makes a lot more sense now. Like playing through it, it really does feel like they shoehorned in the Assassin's Creed elements into a game that had nothing to do with Assassin's Creed. Um, So maybe from that perspective, if you're in it for like its narrative coherency, it might not be the greatest thing. Um, But I just, I can't get over how fun the ship stuff is. Like going around and fighting boats. The mechanics are so well fleshed out. There's so many different things that you can modify on your boat from having broadside cannons to heavy shot to chain shot from the front. Um, you can drop fire oil barrels from the back of your ship. Um, there's entire weather system mechanics involving water spouts and giant waves that can potentially um, take your ship down when you're trying to navigate things. I literally had probably one of the most teeth-clenching encounters so far the other day where there was this um, this island fortress of uh, Spaniards that I wanted to, to to take. And when I started the encounter, the game was like, oh, by the way, it's a heavy storm right now. Uh, and there's two water spouts perpetually circling this fortress, so good luck getting anywhere near it while trying to bombard it from a distance and getting your ass mortared to death. Um, so it ended up being way more intense than I expected jumping into just like, I'm going to do this random thing on the map and then just having it be this big experience. The, that game is so good at just turning random shit that has nothing to do with the main story into an event. Um, I don't know. Someone described it as like, it is the perfect game where they threw everything in the kitchen sink in it and it somehow worked. Um, the only problem is that every so often its Ubisoftness does come through, uh, particularly when it comes to the stealth and platforming mechanics. Stealth in that game, it, as it has been in pretty much every Assassin's Creed, is god-fucking-awful. Um, anyone who thinks that it should be compared to something like Splinter Cell or Metal Gear really need to get their sense of stealth reassessed. Um, and anytime it forces stealth, I just hate my life. The other piece is just 
when trying to platform across ledges, you know how Assassin's Creed is where you like, it kind of has these set routes that they expect you to take in your um, parkour and it looks really cool. Um, but sometimes if a path isn't planned, the character just like doesn't know what to do, especially with how like semi open world Black Flag is. These moments happen a lot more often to where you just kind of get stuck on a uh you, you just kind of get stuck where your character's standing there on a pole and you're like okay i guess i'll hit the jump button and pray he connects to like some other parkour track and half the time he just like falls off a ledge or or it doesn't connect or he falls through a, a piece of geometry so the game definitely has bugs and i think that's largely due in part to how ambitious it was in all of the other things that it tried to pack jam pack into this game oh no that's just um, an ubisoft game yeah because you know um, what the next game after that was it was good old unity. <laughs> yeah they had unity and rogue that came out the same year which rogue is just was fucking a lot better insane. too well, the thing is, like, it's it's they're not made by the same teams. Rogue was basically the people who worked on Black Flag. They like just like here make an expansion pack. <laughs> also, when three came out, they had Liberation, which was also a full Assassin's Creed game, but for a Vita. Yep, they, they were did doing make one the console version eventually, though. I want to get the um, what is it? The three remastered collection, just so I can play, um. What do you call it? Uh, black or no? What? Why am I blanking on it? Um, Liberation again? Because I have the original PC version. It runs like absolute shit. So I'm like, I want to get on a console because like playing on the Vita, mine's bugged. I can't complete mm. stuff in there because it just won't pick up certain items, even though I run through them. Mm. But like they, that hasn't dropped down from like forty bucks still, and I don't want to give them money. I don't know what we were talking about. Sorry, I got very distracted. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I basically just ran through the stuff that I'd played. Um, I don't know if you noticed the theme. It was basically an obsession with, like, piracy. <laughs> so I did not I because from... I was very distracted. <laughs> that's, that's okay. Uh, Unch- so basically went from Uncharted to Assassin's Creed. But otherwise, that's all that I played. What about you, Ken? I mean... Two hours later, we're kind of... <laughs> I don't know what happened. This went very long for some reason. I mean, I th- actually, I know I... what happened. Elden Ring happened. Elden Ken Ring. and I think both just played Elden Ring, really. Well, I mean, I finished Guardians, and I really wanted to oh, that's right. Guardians, but I, my, I don't, I my don't anecdote, care. My anecdote for Guardians was I started it, actually liked it. I got to a part where Rocket Raccoon was trying to get... Trying to fix something where I had to hold off waves of enemies... Um, I learned how to use Groot's moves. I hit the button. He said, I am Groot. And then the game hard locked. Oh, man. And then I, <laughs> then I uninstalled it. Because I'm like, well, I don't want to go through all this again. <laughs> I liked what I played of it, though, until uh, he said, I am Groot and broke the game. Yep. Well, I mean, that's that's what you get for, you know, using, uh, uh, like using the Xbox version. I mean, I didn't have to pay any money for it. Sit on my high horse here. I, I technically I didn't pay anything for Guardians. What did you play it on? I played it on PS5, but I was gifted it. Yeah, I mean, oh, nice. I also I would. It wasn't bad that that the game probably should have been like forty bucks when it came out, and not whatever they charged for it. 
Mm-hmm. And it reviewed very, very well. I would say this much. I really liked Guardians. Um, if if you do get on, get back into it, mm-hmm. and it doesn't hard lock you out of it. Um, <laughs> the jokes aside, there, the, the I am Groot lock. Yeah, the I am Groot lock, which is um, kind of bad because that that move is actually really fucking broken. If yeah, <laughs> in later games <laughs> and later on in the game, the game is uh, really good. Actually, it isn't. I want to say, like, out of all the things, I thought that I would die a lot in that game, but I've only died twice, I think, while playing the entire game. And there is a... it's There's a very interesting thing that happens halfway through that game that I was really surprised that, oh, hey, you know, they, they're doing this, this sto- kind of story beat. And I kind of liked it, and I really enjoyed it overall. Once you kind of get near the latter half of the game, I think there was maybe... The game does suffer for it being a little bit too long than it's needed to be. I think that there's a certain point in that game that you could have just cut out and left for a sequel if there was going to be a sequel. I understand what, why they did what they did, but they could have left that a little bit open for a sequel. Mm. And like that last maybe hour or two could have been saved. And I think that that that's the only thing that I kind of just was like a little bit over with with Guardian is that it's a tad too long for its own good. And I get I get it. The story is very well written. The character developments between all the characters is very well well written Mm. and i really enjoyed it and you know it's not pertaining to anything towards the mcu so even if you watch the movies it's it's you know it was nice because it didn't it wasn't the same like they didn't look the same they didn't act the same they didn't talk the same like they were their own version of those characters yeah in the comics specifically Mm. and there are like events and stuff like that you will like I'm I'm really sad that um you didn't get to him, but you would like Cosmo. Yeah, I'll give it another shot later on. I was just like I needed yeah. the space anyway, and I'm like I like what I play, but I'm just I might like, you know, one of those forget a PS five might get a different version, but like I think it was just I think the game's just buggy at times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't yeah. think it has anything to do with the Xbox version. I'm just like eh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that 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 joke aside, but I think you would really like Cosmo and they play a joke on Cosmo's expense mm. and I do like the fact that they do kind of have a dialogue system that in the end can either help or hinder you near the near the third act of the game so that was something that I really did not expect out of this game I thought it was just like characters would be like liking you and stuff like that but near the tail end of the game if you don't persuade people to do certain things it can be a real bitch to get through that game (laughs) i can under like especially near the tail end if you don't tell a person to help you near that or don't convince him to do something yeah i think that last or the second to the last group of battles would have been a bitch to handle (laughs) but overall i enjoyed my time with the guardians if they make a sequel, I'll be very happy, but it doesn't look like they are because apparently Square is just 
They're, they're doing the they're doing the RE6 thing with like it sold a lot but not enough and probably theirs too they probably had to pay a lot for that license and Square needs to just keep focusing on their own IPs and stop trying to make these games that don't make any money. Yeah, what I, uh, I think really what I think happened though is because they lost so much money trying to sink into Avengers that they tried to recoup the cost with Guardians, mm-hmm. which should have been the other way where Guardians was supposed to probably have been a throwaway game. Mm-hmm. While Avengers was its main money builder, but because I really wish Avengers Squ- bombed. I wish Square would stop trying to do live service games. Like the Babylon's Fall came out and tanked, and like I really hate that Platinum is trying to move to that type of game now too. And I'm just like, I wish they would stop. I know. Gonna- just stop. Try- stop trying to make money the focal point of your business model. I like I understand that these companies need to as a business, but like. It's so goddamn slimy, and it's so transparent to the average person what you're trying to do with this. Like, kind of off-topic, but not exactly. Like, I don't know if you guys know what Dragalia Lost is. Oh, Dragalia... yeah. Did you, did you get the email for it? So I haven't gotten the email, but, like, just kind of like the whole, like, you know, making not enough money type of thing. Dragalia's Lost is Nintendo's first... Um, gotcha game like their first mobile game that was an original ip and i actually liked it i fell off just because like i mean it gotcha games really only get your attention for like maybe six months max if you get and i went for like a year and a half and then i just kind of fell off because i'm like okay whatever it got very grindy but like it was still making money but not all the money so they're shutting it down like they're ending the story finally and shutting it down or it's like yeah it was still making money but apparently they're just like oh let's just cut it while it's still making money it's just not making as much more as much money as it used to, which is weird because like you wouldn't you just think that would be like something to keep around if it's still making it just to have some money pouring in. Yeah, like yeah. it's already. The, like, I can't the imagine last, that uh, running the servers is costing more than a hundred million dollars of gross mm-hmm. revenue. The last but. story beat is uh, ending. That's what yeah. it's. It's gonna I mean, happen. And I that, feel like it was gonna happen anyway because like yeah. the stories like. There wasn't really that. I don't know. I, I eventually fell off. I stopped doing. I stopped doing story modes and gotcha games really quickly because I get bored of just. Because a lot of the dialogue's inane. I'm like, just give me the highlights because like, I hate like just hearing the clump 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 character off screen clump clump. They walk up. They're like, what's going on? Clump 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 clump. It, it has that type <laughs> of like story stuff. I hope they take this IP and do something else with it. I wouldn't mind if they took it. And make it made it into make like an actual game. Out yeah, of like it. make some like actual like action RPG for Switch or something. Like make like take it and turn it into a real game now. Like a game that is not gotcha based. That like it could be fun. They could even make it. I think it could work as a tactics game with the amount of characters it has. Oh yeah, but no, I feel like the IP is just going to be thrown away though. Oh yeah. man, I totally got. I just realized, I I never picked fire emblem back up again <laughs> again it's like the third time that i picked it up tried to make past the original prologue and then put it down for no particular reason for heroes or three um for fire emblem three houses yep uh, okay. um well, speaking speaking of live service games that's pissing everyone off the other game that i was playing yeah was Gran Turismo 7. How's that? Oh, nice. It's alright. Like, honestly... Okay, so there's two... I, I alluded this on um, on my Twitter. There's two major, 
like bombings and focal points that people are like getting pissy about with Gran Turismo. A the always online stuff. And because the because they had a a huge um, maintenance that would, the game was taken off for more than a day. Oh, like fuck all, but boohoo, it was taken off a day. No one could play the game. And I completely understand. People have the right to be pissed, but to, it, maintenance was happening, so you know, hey. The other major thing that people are kind of complaining about is so they have a semi gotcha system mm. where you're earning, you're racing to earn coins, and you can use those coins to either get cars or get get a card system to get more points or brand new cars and stuff like that so the thing is the, the latest update you get less points now for 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 driving and winning and stuff like that and people are really pissed about that because then it takes it longer for you to to get the car that you want and i don't understand why people are pissed about that because this is a game that you all you're going to be doing is driving. Mm-hmm. It's the main thing. I don't understand. This game isn't supposed to be beaten within two to three weeks. This game is meant to be played for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said they, you know, they made it so it's harder to get... Turismo. They made it harder to get uh, character or cars before than you could before? Is that what you said? Yeah. Because See, of just the amount of points to get it i feel like changing that after people are used to one thing and making it harder that's why people get mad it's because like but why did you make it's supposed to be made easier to get stuff not harder like if they didn't balance it well in the beginning that's that's on them like they shouldn't like change i don't think they should change the balance to make things harder to get once there is already a thing in place yeah, like it just seems yeah. like one more like piece of shit on the shit pie of how they've handled that game like all always yeah. online is stupid. Like I I don't get yeah. that. Yeah. So like I, I can't defend always online. I I mm. completely understand that. But you know, the the whole thing for playing the game, mm-hmm. I don't understand. It's just I don't understand if people were thinking that they want to unlock all the cars within a month, which I don't well, think you. Fucking can. I mean, if but... you know how it is with like games nowadays, people don't play things long term. Like, there's really not a whole lot of like. I guess that is technically a live service, but like that's one of those games. Like, if you're into a, like that style, you'd play that one a lot. But like the way people play games now is play, get through quickly, done. Like, like I don't know. How, like, I know at least three or four people that have gotten perfect or platinums in Elden Ring already, and I'm just it's... like, where's next it... boss? I know it's it's kind of interesting but uh, the modern gaming scene is basically broken into two categories you have your um popcorn gamers that pick up a game play through it move on to the next one pick up a game move on to the next one and i think this is largely dominated because of streamers and youtubers who've established that this is what they have to do to make a Mm. living and then the average viewer just kind of is influenced by this and decided that this is how games should be played which I, I kind of am in disagreement with, but I, I, I personally do play through games at a much more steady pace the way that I'm used to. Um, and then the second category are the lifers, the people who picked a game, 
that is most likely a perpetually online like competitive thing and that is the game that they dedicate their decade to right Mm -hmm. um your people who played smite people who are league of legends specialists starcraft 2 specialists specialists in Fortnite specialists in warzone like there are there are these forever games um that that dominate there are also kind of the middle category which i think i kind of fall into where it's like the per you have your forever game that you go to with your friends and when you're not doing that then you're you're popcorn gaming on the single player stuff um as more of like a you know when you want some variety variety in your life i guess <laughs> um but this is the trend that i've been noticing a lot uh, it's not necessarily here or there in terms of like being expressly bad, but I do wish that the way people popcorn single player stuff wasn't so present because it mm. really it really stimmies the opportunity for real in-depth discussion about a game when the entire world has already moved on from something within a week. Yeah. Like you just don't yeah. ever discuss all that art and all that effort that a studio went into to make a game when you consume it like it's a fucking Netflix show. Which even then, Netflix shows have that issue where it's just like, that's made to binge, it's like, but is there any actual, like, depth to the show, or is it just watching teenagers make out awkwardly again? Right. That's its own thing, too, but yeah. I I, I honestly think achievements were one of the worst things to happen to video games. Because, like, people will not play things. Oh, the achievements are too hard, because I even got into this, too. Or they're like, oh, you know, I'm going to platinum it. Or My friend was having an argument about how platinum trophies are better than the perfects on, like, Xbox. I'm like, they're both bullshit, though. Like, you understand, yeah, they're both bullshit. it's both the bullshit. same fucking thing. Well, I like <laughs> having that platinum trophy to show that it. I'm like, but you get a perfect, like, the 100% still there. Like, the trophy system on PlayStation, I hate it. Because it doesn't, like, the level still don't make sense. I'm like, what do you mean, like, I went from being level 26 to now 230 after they change things up, it still doesn't make any sense to me. Gamer score makes yeah. so much more sense. Like, big number, go burr. I get it. That made more sense. And it's still, like, still stupid. Because, like, a lot of times, like, the ones for Elden Ring, I'm like, are all the achievements just the bosses? Because all of them, except for, like, six, are secret. Apparently it's just all the bo- like all the major bosses and uh, the endings. I'm like, awesome. Yeah. Neat. Love it. I think... I think we discussed the value of achievements. I do think that certain people with certain mindsets are more negatively affected by achievements. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think even if you disregard achievements and just look at games in general that have like open world design with lots of extra shit to do, um, it's very easy to accidentally fall into a pattern where instead of viewing these as incidental things that you might experience if you just happen to be there right like oh there's a thing here while i was doing this mission i'm gonna do this on the way that's the deliberate intention of these like extra things that get thrown in these games but when you have achievements that encourage maximum 100 percent collection and people with the mentality that it's not just a thing i need to pick up on the way i need to find deliberately all of these things where mm. you start getting into these um burnout fatigue situations where people are just like i, I got it I gotta go to that island for that one hidden thing. And it's like, mm. but you don't though. And actually doing this is detrimental to your experience with the game because it's taking you away from the parts of this that are the, well, the actual refined, see. deliberate content. I, like if you didn't stumble across these things, like the, the I think the best like middle ground would be 
you don't know that these are in the environment um but if you find them it's great like i I honestly think uncharted did a really good job with this where it's like there are these hidden if you didn't know about the achievements um barring the achievements um just happening across a collectible like the the little egg thing that felt great um if you had a map that showed you the exact place you had to go to get these things and you just did it that would no longer mean anything right like you didn't find it yourself you didn't stumble across it and it was a fun little extra thing i don't I, i don't agree with that personally but i mean we'll just be dissolving into the same argument we've been having for about this with with that because with uncharted the only like okay so the, the how i platinum games might be different than how other people platinum games okay but i feel like you're just attacking me personally on that for just looking it up <laughs> and, and i don't i don't mean the it's not the looking up that that bothers me it's just i i do think that games that are designed in such a way that you but feel uncharted like you have to yeah yeah okay yeah, where you're like, it's built that you have to find a checklist to make sure that you found all the random things that really were inconsequential. But Uncharted but... kind of also does that even without the achievements because it has all the the gimme systems and on the cheat systems and all that stuff. I might not have be... gotten to the point where those come into play for Uncharted, so that yeah. might have been a bad Uncharted, you'll because... honestly find about like 70% of them naturally. Like it's, because it's with le- Uncharted, like when you find like a majority of the treasures, you get like extra skins and extra like mm. bullshit and and mm-hmm. like a cheat system and stuff like that. Hell, once you get to like well, they a did good before majority, four. yeah, a, a good majority of it, you you unlock like a god mode. Like there's a thing with the fat Drake and all that stuff. That's like a fucking meme within the community, but <laughs> and those are like those are Uncharted fun also has a. Them. A, a a checklist like that too though so in in a way but, yes i think the inse- i don't know it's it's tricky because of what what drives people's desire to get incentives and to to perform let, extra actions in a video game like at the end of the day you're just trying to extend your time with that game is the ultimate yeah, goal yeah cuz let's just say this much the only reason why i would even bother doing a platinum is if i get through a certain percentage originally and that's a good approach um i think the problem is when people enter into a game with the express intention of like i'm going to do this as efficiently as possible i am 100 percenting it as i go along i'm in this region of the world so i'm gonna get all the things over here before i progress with the story even an inch and that's where they really start to impact their the game's pacing the story's pacing their understanding of what even fucking happened in the game because they spent 20 hours looking up someone's ass for a hidden collectible um but the thing is with timber i do that too but i don't do it for the trophy (laughs) and and that's fine um but i do think that uh, there's there's definitely different degrees of this this is probably a conversation we should table for another cast just because otherwise we're going to run into hour four of today's session but um do we have any questions from the audience we have a single question i haven't finished my grand turismo oh my gosh i'm sorry ken no 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 no, no, it's fine (laughs) i'm sorry i didn't know you were done go go finish 
Cargo's room. Okay, done. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, um, the only question we had was really, uh, it was from like two week, like last week. I didn't do another ping today because I forgot. Um, actually, we got there's two things. Um, the first one is from Shower Sonic, who says heart. Wait, hold on. What is this emoji? Heartbeat, and then uh, call me Tone Three. The 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 hang loose Hawaii thing. Ken, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, so that was fun because when I did this originally last week, I was in a meeting for for my entire company, and I this verbally said, "What the fuck does that mean?" To everyone in my meeting. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So that was fun to deal with. <laughs> the second question comes from normal friend Tom. Have you played Gran Turismo series and which one? If not, does the latest entry grab your interest? I think I have played 3A spec. And that's Which it. is yes. understandable. 3A spec was probably one of the more popular ones. Well, see, yeah. my, my like best friend growing up is a gearhead she loves car stuff so we're in high school she was like buying gran turismo she didn't have ps2 so she played at my place um wanted auto modelista stuff like that like all these different games and like i'd play them like yep that's a car and they'd play them like yeah i don't think i like video games that much and that's just how we end up playing games (laughs) they liked games but like they'd start playing them be like oh yeah I think they also have maybe ADHD or something going on the way they they do stuff. <laughs> There's someone that immediately has like, or like at any given time has like a million projects that are partially started. But latest entry, does it interest me? After what Ken said? No. I'll play Forza Horizon, whatever is out now. Five? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, like, those games are totally They're diff- They're very different. But cars, they're very different. Like, the, like for me, if you were to compare a Forza game, it would be the number games. It wouldn't be Horizon because yeah. Horizon, I, like how I would compare Horizon, it's like a Need for Speed. It's a Need for Speed with better car variety because you're doing a bunch of other stuff. Horizon, like, we won't know Forza. how it is until like the actual. Forza, I think I think it's eight that they're on. I think Forza eight. I think it's will be the one that will be compared to to what. Grand yeah, Turismo. Forza seven was twenty seventeen. Yeah, this uh, they do like a like a two year thing or like swap off thing where for uh, Horizon and the the mainline one, which is more like GT, um, and how GT has been bumbling with this release. I'm pretty sure any sort of handling that they probably had beforehand for her for forza they probably are switching to a beat to not do that what about you timber i played gran turismo 3 a spec just like kyo did um my memories of that game i enjoyed it i remember uh 99 red balloons and a handful of other like excessively looped tracks on that game soundtrack um they were good but holy smoke um and i also remember really liking the viper in that game yeah yeah uh and spending far too much time doing the like driving test missions where you had to like stop on a dime around some cones i have a feeling it was because that section was particularly frustratingly difficult but yeah. I just I 
just kept doing it. I don't know. I I, I it was one of those games that I you, owned. You want to go? You want to go for the gold? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want to get the gold? Um, and I, it's I like, think it was. Oh, you are like a millisecond off, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. That was that was the exact um, feelings that I had, and also I believe it got a lot of playtime out of me because it wasn't a, it was one of the first three games I had on the PS2 so I had Gran Turismo 3 A spec I had Eternal Ring by FromSoft and I had the uh, oh and I had Final Fantasy 10 so I spent like a lot of time on 10 and whenever I got stuck or frustrated it was time to play Gran Turismo <laughs> um, and those were sort of the just the choices that I had for a long time uh, would I play the newest one? No, probably not. Not only have I not really been into card games in a very long time, but as Kyo said, uh, Ken Ken hasn't exactly sold me on on Seven with the problems that because it has inherent to it. I didn't finish my talk with it. Dennis. Well, you oh, yeah. finish your. They asked a question. Go ahead and finish now. I I feel like it's too relevant. <laughs> so I have played pretty much every game in the series for Gran Turismo, even Sport, which is basically the e-league version of that game so and it's it's a good series and it's i've i like to see what it became and how it evolved into what it seven is right now it's it's really what happened with gt sport kind of messed around with the online portion of this game it's it's basically what this is <laughs> and that that's pretty much why there's always online because they are trying to balance what G the what happened in GT Sport with carrying over everything else because GT Sport, while it was a good game overall and good game for single player people, that game was made for esports and to carry on and not have any momentum or anyone else from GT Sport to go into seven that kind of looks bad for that 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 esports version of what they're trying to do so that's probably the only reason why i think the always online is happening because of that specific aspect now you know for for me because i've played all the games in the series i kind of like it right now um the, like i said the grinding doesn't really bother me because this game isn't supposed to be finished within a month you're gonna be playing this game for a long time and honestly if i understand if that doesn't appeal to you then this game ain't for you i i'm i'm pretty sure that's what it is um i'm, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it any other way there and you know the thing what you were saying with earlier with elden ring there is a beginner's kind of thing but like after a while if you're not really a car person these games are already difficult to kind of get into and that's not even like saying the difficult or the difference between forza and and gt it's these specific games are for gearheads like mm. if it gets to the point that you have to be changing the oil within the car in the game then that actual changing the oil of your actual car <laughs> you know, if that doesn't excite you in some way, <laughs> I kind of actually I did. I forgot about that mechanic. I had fun with that just because it felt so much like a a pseudo sim element to the experience of playing that game. 
Um, yeah. I, I am a fan of sim games, so... So, like, this game, it like, tells you, oh, your tire pressure, it has three gauges of, you need to change your oil, your tire pressure is off, your body, <laughs> what the fuck is going on there? <laughs> there's, so, there's a lot of things that is very interesting that if, obviously, if you're in the eSport of that whole thing, you're, like, hooked from the get-go. Um, the 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 whole sim aspect of this game is probably the best i've ever seen it i i haven't played horizon yet because horizon is a totally different style of game compared to how gt is but i would love to see how how forza handles their next generation big step into into racing sims because if it's like gt i I wouldn't mind that, to be perfectly honest. Oh, and guess what? I I, I did also get a a refrigerator. Xbox. In Gran Turismo or for real? <laughs> I got a refrigerator Xbox now. Oh, and the, the, the oh my Series gosh! X. With the with the with the monster the energy drinks. Oh, so I did not find the actual refrigerator, but I found a Series X. <laughs> I like oh, okay. my Series X. I'm not. I'm not upset with buying that. I still yeah, can't so, find a PS5 either. So I haven't. I haven't. Um, I just was lucky and Best Buy had had it, and um, I was yeah, lucky so. that my friend had the Super Ultra Mega. I'm a GameSpot boy. A- pass. So he bought one for <laughs> me through that. So. You know, I I can't wait to see in full gear how Forza is gonna look, and I I honestly can't wait. And you know, obviously with Forza probably coming out a year or two later after after Gran Turismo, they'll probably pick up a lot of things that they learned. Graphically, it'll probably look amazing. Gran Turismo graphically looks amazing for a for a car thing. Like its photography modes is fucking amazing. I honestly love the photography mode as well so but this is just because i i'm i'm a gear i really like cars i i have three cars (laughs) i just bought another car (laughs) but but how do you keep the tires and oil going so well in those four cars uh, so one is a RX-8, and it's a bitch to handle because <laughs> it's a rotary engine. But that's oh, no. a whole different topic for a whole different thing. <laughs> <laughs> Next time but, on the Potosaurus, Kyo- yeah, Ken's but, cars. Yeah, like like I said, you know, with Gran Turismo, I understand the whole thing of like people wanting to get this game because it is a next gen game and it's a PlayStation game and stuff like that. But I really think that people were thinking that it was supposed to be like Horizon, like like Forza Horizon, when they were expecting something totally different. And that's what I really think about how people were handling this. Am I just talking to a wall here? I, <laughs> no, no, no. I heard. I've, uh, wait. I, I'm. I've, I'm sorry. I'm like completely tapped out on my attention span. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah. It, it is getting late. I think we'll. Yeah, we're wrap. almost done here. So yeah. So we had yeah. no like more a... questions. I I didn't know if there was any. I have nothing else input wise for like car games. So I was just 
<laughs> for yeah, no, no, but I'm I'm just saying that people were pretty much expecting it to be like Horizon, where you're getting yeah. cars out the Wuzha, which I, think... I don't think people. I think people the were expecting series... it one way and just not expecting the sim aspect of this game. <laughs> I think Forza has had so many more entries than Gran Turismo in its lifespan that people have just come to expect that to be because that has become the de facto car game. Because like I didn't even yeah. know the PS4 had a Gran Turismo game. Yeah, they had three Gran yeah. Turismo games. Like that—that's where it is. Like I just completely forgot that a series existed. So when one came on PS5, I'm like, hey, it's been a while. It hasn't been since like the PS3. Apparently not. So, like, when people, like, compare it to Forza, Forza has become the gold standard for it now. Even if it's, like, it has two different versions that people, like me, mix up all the time because a car is a car is a car. Yeah. And, like, I, I th- honestly think that's what it is. People are expecting it to be, like, Forza Horizon, which Horizon is is good, and it's a vi- mm. but it's an arcade car game. I think that's just, like, so. the way that things come out now and people see influence, they just expect it. Like, people expected Stranger of Paradise to be a Souls game. It's not. It's more like Devil May Cry. And then, like, Elden Ring, everyone's like, it's like Breath of the Wild, but it's not because it's just another open-world game. Like, it's... People's expectations are kind of... No, no one's taking the time to really look into things anymore or knowing what they are. It's just they see a blank, like, you know, a broad comparison and make that judgment on it. And so the game yeah. tends to get, like... Other games get, you know, um, they unfortunately lose out in that because they're being judged by something they never were. And yeah. and so much of their, yeah, so much of the narrative landscape of reviewers has also become just like, it's this game with this game. So, like, what is Blur? It's if Gran Turismo was Mario Kart. Okay, let's play that. Blur? Even though the better comparison for that is F-Zero. Yeah. I think. If that's <laughs> what I'm thinking of. <laughs> oh, there's too many. All car, a car is a car is a car. <laughs> car is a car is a car. Anyway, but yeah. Uh, Kyo, where can people find you? You can find me Monday through Friday on twitchtv Hunter um, at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time, where I play retro games um, on original hardware, and I don't emulate. So please stop asking me. Don't have a problem with it, but please stop asking me if I'm emulating something sit there and I hold, like, a disc, put it in a disc drive, and they're like, yeah, I'm relating this? The fuck does it look like? Um, that was a tired rant, but that's... <laughs> it keeps happening lately. It's like, no. I'm stupid, and I spend my money unwisely. Thank you. You can also find me on Twitter, YouTube, all those things, but my home away from Twitch is TikTok, where you can follow me at Cody Hunter. I'm putting a lot more effort into that. That is a really weird platform to try and get anything to take off. Because the things you put five seconds into get a lot of views and likes, and then the things that you put, like, an entire hour into get 200 views and, like, no likes. So, great platform. Every single time I come across your videos, I like that. I really liked your video about, um, um, I I don't know how to phrase it properly without offending people. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is a great sign. Was it the bisexual characters? Yeah, the bisexual characters. I really enjoyed your your little talk about that. Mm-hmm. I really it really opened my eyes. I wanted which to reminds do, me speaking. I wanted to do more on that. that. <laughs> Apparently, Vulgan is coded in that like list I found as gay. But I'm like, I am very certain he makes a pass in references like I think fooling around with uh, Ava. Kanye. 
with Tanya. He yeah, 100% yeah, yeah. does. So I'm like, no, you are not taking him. He might be a piece of shit. He might be a villain. He may be terrible representation. But God damn it, at least he's not vamp. Because vamp, I also learned, which I apparently did not know, is just a slang term for bisexual. <laughs> I didn't know that either, yeah. which makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> They're like, they named him vamp because calling him bisexual would be too much on the nose. <laughs> That's just the character's name. Holy crap! Yep. Yeah, um, he just he fools around with Solidus and Fortune. I mean, wouldn't you? Maybe not you. What Fort? Well, no, I don't know. Maybe Solidus. He got those tentacles, bro. Yeah, he got those tentacles. He, he can at least help. He don't have to. It doesn't have to touch you directly, but he got those tentacles to help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which reminds me. So you know that char- like um, that character for Guilty Gear. Yeah, the new one. Um, what's her name? Yeah. Their name. The 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 director finally yeah, their name. put a label on. Um, they she's uh, non-binary. Uh, they're non-binary. So I think it. I think there's even more translation. They're actually a trans woman, but I think a non-binary trans woman. Yeah. Which I know is so. It's very. Can be very confusing it's, it's, to hear uh, that for people who don't know, but it does make sense. Yeah, so it, it, it's interesting that you know, hey, we have a character like this. Well, granted, you know, it's within a fighting game that probably not much people are going to be playing as much, even mm. though it is going to be on Evo. But that game series know, is really popular in like just those communities as well. So it's like it's good just to have a non-overly fetishized like Poison's not a great trans representation yeah. and it really just depends on which region you're in for them to be trans but to have the, them to come yeah. out and be like this is a character that is this is everything exactly about them and even the voice actresses for them are both trans women i think in both regions yeah so like it's so, it's cool that like they even went that so, far to make it like legit the, the, the person that we're talking about is for guilty gear strive Her, uh, their name is testament so it's a really good foil that we have someone like this in this game when you have someone like like you have the my Shiranui's of the world in, yeah. in other games as well. You got at least some representation. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of appreciate that. I really do. As it's... as someone that isn't you know, that isn't of that 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 or of that persuasion. That persuasion I really do appreciate that you know that awareness is getting out mm-hmm. especially now where can people find you ken and continuing <laughs> on that we're, we're saying we're doing a very <laughs> weird ending here we're midwestern goodbying ken where can we find you so you can find me on my japanese music-based podcast called own gaku you can find it on all podcast streaming services on twitter and instagram at own can look up the website where I report about the Japanese music industry at ongakidu.com. We should be having a interview within the week, so be looking out for that as well. You can follow me personally at OTYKen1, where I talk about Bang Dream, Ainaibo, Roboko Herobo, and all the random things that my daughter, lovely daughter, does. Where can we find you, Timber? I can be found on twitch.tv slash timbertaft, where I stream on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays from 7.15 p.m. Eastern Time. You can also find me on youtube.com slash timbertaft, where I post videos. It has been a uh, hot minute since I've posted a new one, but the most recent is still my Deltarune video that came out 
at the end of 2021. Go check it out if you haven't yet. Besides that, I'm on Twitter, and I also have a Facebook page that I never update, so don't go there. Get a TikTok number. <laughs> I, I do want to start a TikTok. Okay, make this one and then follow me. A curse sentence, yes. Okay. And don't follow what you call. What, what the fuck is what you call? This is the second time you've mentioned what you call. <laughs> like, you can't remember the name, but it's the blonde girl. <laughs> but oh my god, Alfie really Fox. Help. Okay. All right. She's also not blonde, though. No, I'm talking to Kill. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. All right. Have a good night, up. everybody. I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up on the next episode of the Potosaurus. Goodbye. We'll mustard. We'll mustard you later. <laughs>